Big Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to uh, another episode and another new week of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Yeah, whole packed show today. So much to get to coming out of the weekend. Super Bowl 56 in the books. Exciting game. Maybe not an all-time classic, but... Uh, uh, halftime show was a classic. We'll tell you that much. We'll get to that in a minute. And of course, a massive, massive win on Saturday night for the Winnipeg Jets after an overtime loss against the Dallas Stars. So now five of six points in these first three games coming out of the All-Star break and a big one tonight, an 8 p.m. start against the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, I can tell you, we've got a pair of tickets to give away. So uh, make sure to stick around uh, later on the program because it's a game tonight. We'll do it live on YouTube. Uh, we'll let people enter and uh, we'll spin the wheel or something uh, to uh, to give those tickets out a little bit later on. So make sure to uh, to, to hang around. Andy McNamara is going to join us. We'll break down the Super Bowl, look ahead to the offseason in the National Football League, and then dive in headfirst to uh, all the stories around the Winnipeg Jets weekend and this big homestand beginning tonight with Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press. As always, to get things going, a big thank you to the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen each and every day. Boston Pizza, again, Valentine's Day. We'll tell you more a little bit later on, but pop down and get your sweetheart uh, heart-shaped pizza and help support the uh, Children's Hospital and the Heart and Stroke Foundation. Looking forward to uh, to that tonight. Uh, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club, Cool Bet, Not Auto Corp, Royal Sports, Manitoba Battery, Culligan Water, Vita Health, and our friends downtown at F Apparel. Um, so Andy coming up in about 20 minutes, uh, Jeff Hamilton a little later on, on the Winnipeg Jets and so much more, but let's bring in Michael Remus to uh, get things going on a Monday. Remo, what's going on? How are you? And uh, how was, how was your weekend? Actually great. It was a v- big sports filled weekend. Huss. We had Jets games Friday and Saturday night and then the Super Bowl on Sunday. So I got to apologize to my wife. Didn't get to watch any, uh, any shows with her over the weekend, it was kind of like doing doing our own thing. One on the, you know, once someone's got the tablet or computer and someone's got the TV. So, uh, yeah, great. I even got to play hockey, too, Saturday. So I'm kind of sore from that. Got some shoveling in, of course. How could you not? It seems like every day there's another dump. And you think it's going to be warm and it's still minus 30. Uh, 30 somehow. Um, so it was a great. Actually, it was, you know, it was cold, but, I mean... Jets games Friday were great in the Super Bowl, entertaining as well. So uh, I'm feeling pretty good uh, heading in here Monday here. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, it could have been better. Cooper Cup could have had three more damn yards and cast our lock shop prop parlay because we had the chase oh. over long reception. We had the kicking points from Evan McPherson. And if Cam Akers just doesn't get three extra yards on that run that pushed them inside the 10 before Coop got there, mm-hmm. the uh, Cup got the winning touchdown. We would have been in the winner's circle. But uh, to everyone that had Bengals plus four, congratulations. Uh, the under, congratulations. And uh, hopefully you uh, hit a whole whack load of your prop bets to finish it off. I've always said, Reem, that this is the most depressing day of the year. Not Valentine's Day, but the day after the Super Bowl. Uh, and we're, we have to go an extended period without football. Luckily for us here north of the border, we do have a Canadian Football League season that is starting much earlier than the National Football League. But uh, 
man, you, you go through all these months where, you know, come the weekend, you've got some great games to watch. And uh, well, good thing is that the Winnipeg Jets, I think, have uh, created a little bit more excitement about the, the way uh, they're playing right now. And, you know, they're slowly improving playoff chances with still a long ways to go. Um, but let's just quickly talk about the game for a minute. We'll hack the game. What, do you, what about the halftime show? That yeah, I was, uh, I that, care that, about was the game. that was a classic. Yeah, I'm here to talk about, uh, not the game, I'm here to talk about the Rocks intro as well, which I was ready to run through a wall for. Although I was really disappointed that he didn't end it with if you smell what the Rock was cooking. I thought that was a big missed opportunity. I was waiting. I couldn't believe that he didn't do if you smell what the Rock is it's cooking. It's like Michael Buffer does re Ready to Rumble before <laughs> the game, and the Rock should do if you smell what the Rock is cooking before the game. How they didn't do that, um, that was... I was like, this is the best thing ever, but that was the one thing that fell short. But the halftime show was incredible. Sat there watching it uh, with, with goosebumps. Oh, what a performance. Um, I've, I think I've listened to it or watched it like at least three or four times uh, since. Uh, absolutely loved it. So um, very, very well done. Overdue for them. And to do it in L.A., you know, where they, a lot of those guys grew up, uh, Dr. J, Snoop Dogg. So it was, it was awesome. Uh, it's great, great songs. And it seems like everyone else uh, agrees on that one. Huss. Yeah. For the most part, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure there are, are a few folks that, you know, maybe it wasn't their cup of tea, but uh, the vast majority, I think of everyone loved those uh, old bangers from, uh, from Dre and Snoop. And of course, Eminem coming on later on Kendrick mm -hmm. Lamar. Okay. Mary J. Blige Jeez. was a nice ad. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, 50 cent starting rapping what upside down and one of those weirds. I, I will say this, you know, having watched every Super Bowl and having been to a bunch of them and seeing the props, it was a very strange set or a stage for it, like with the different compartments and like the different mm -hmm. vehicles. You wonder what it was like for people on the other side of the building, like what they were able to see. But uh, uh, bottom line, from a TV viewing experience and uh, the music, everyone seemed to uh, seemed to really like. I was surprised they didn't get in those cars and drive them around they were just like there as props i was also kind of surprised that the lights were on for the whole performance i don't know if because it started the super bowl started in the day and they got you know the clear roof you know don't usually oh, they lower point. they lower the lights so i thought that was uh that was interesting but yeah i mean it was great i was trying to figure out if uh you know they were actually live or how much of it was recorded i mean it appeared that the uh the drum fills were uh pretty legit but I guess, I guess you never know, but uh, yeah, it was awesome. 50 Cent hanging upside down. I was not expecting him to be there. He wasn't on the bill. But when he came out, I was yeah. surprised. He was the surprise. He's like, you know, the, the, the veteran that shows up at the Royal Rumble. Like, oh my God, so-and-so's back. That was essentially, that was the Royal Rumble moment of the half of the uh, halftime show. 50 Cent. 50, yeah, it's good God. That's, God. that's in the club. That's yeah. 50 Cent's music. Um, <laughs> he's, put on, he, he's put on a few pounds over the years. Dre's pretty jacked. Snoop looks the exact same, and um, and yeah, Eminem was looking good too. I mean, anyways, lots of fun with that. Most people, I think, really enjoyed it. Very popular. Uh, I'm not sure that it was the best. It might have been one of the most fun, um, and certainly nostalgic for people of uh, you know, if you're in your 30s or 40s. I mean, any of those songs were pretty much anthems from growing up. Um, but the bottom line is, the real stars of the show were uh, the teams on the field, and. Uh, Got to tell you, Remus, this was a real defensive battle. Um, I'll admit, I kind of thought there'd be a little bit more scoring from both teams, but especially the Rams. And uh, 
you know, Sean McVay's uh, almost stubbornness to continue running the football um, to almost absolutely no success was, I think, a big part of the reason why the game was as low scoring as it was. There was just a few plays that there were. And frankly, the Bengals, you know, hung in there. I mean, you know, when Matt Stafford got going passing the football, um, you know, they really seemed to have their way with the Bengals secondary. But they continued to run the football. Cam Akers had almost no success going into that line. Uh, but speaking of lines, in the end, and I know Cooper Cup got the MVP, it was the defensive line of the Rams led by Aaron Donald that ended up being the difference on uh, certainly on that final drive and really in the fourth quarter as Joe Burrow was just terrorized by those guys up front in Rams unis. Yeah, we thought that was going to be a story. The Rams D-line versus the Bengals O-line. We know you know, we all heard Joe Burrow got sacked what was it, nine times against the Titans. And it, it yeah. seemed like in the first half, they, they couldn't get to him. And then um, they couldn't get to him. But in the second half, uh, the defense came right at him. And, you know, they had the uh, two plays there at the end, you know, third and one and fourth and one. And Aaron Donald, uh, you know, made the stop on the fourth down and the third down. They ran right into him. So some questionable play calling, but yeah, I agree. The, you know, once Odell Beckham Jr. got injured, the Rams, the Rams offense, I mean, they only had one guy, Cooper Cup. No one else could do anything. You know, Higby was hurt. Kendall Blanton, I think, was injured as well. He didn't, he didn't play. So they had one guy that he trusted, and I mean, there's that one throw that I've seen on my Twitter from that final drive, the no look from Matt Stafford, finding Cooper Cup up the middle through like a bunch of defenders. It was an incredible throw. Why are people calling that a no look? Like, what are you talking? He wasn't. Well, he wasn't looking. He was looking right and threw it down the middle. I watched it a couple times. At first, I was like that. He's looking like this, and then he throws it here. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see that. Maybe I've been so spoiled by Mahomes. We think everything is just. Stafford uh, invented the no look. He was doing it before (laughs) Mahomes was in the league. I don't know if you knew that. And now the big question is, is Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer? Yeah, it's a big question. Um, Guys made one Pro Bowl. Has he made one one yeah. Pro Bowl? That's it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, listen, he's put up some gaudy passing numbers, but mm-hmm. so has just about everyone. And um, um, uh, but listen, I'm happy for Stafford. He's a guy that went through uh, a lot for a long time in Detroit, and it is pretty cool to see him get his ring. But uh, I was hoping for the Bengals. I wanted to see the upset. You know, a big fan of Joe Burrow and what they've done, and certainly Zach Taylor. And the weird thing is that they they have all the pieces. But you do wonder if they'll be able to, you know, to get back. I mean, that AFC is going to be so tough for the next decade between Mahomes in Kansas City, Josh Allen in Buffalo, Burrow now with the Cincinnati Bengals, and a whole bunch of other teams that, you know, have pretty solid squads. You know, Tennessee, certainly right up there. The Chargers, I think, are going to be contending for a long time. So, um, you know, it's tough for Cincinnati and they've lost some of the closest Super Bowls. They've lost by five, they've lost by four, and now they've lost by three. Um, and I believe just two of the three Super Bowls where a team has been trailing in the final two minutes and scored a touchdown to go ahead and win of those three games, two of them have been, uh, unfortunately, with the Bengals on the wrong side. And the other one was the uh, Steelers beating the um, beating the Arizona Cardinals on the uh, Plaxico Burris one. Um, that being said, Cooper Cup got the MVP. What did you think about that? I, I really think looking back at it and what happened late in the game, I mean, to me, it was Aaron Donald. And man, the ISOs on Donald during the game. I mean, Cincinnati was straight up putting three guys on him. 
I, I can't ever remember one player getting so much attention on an offensive line. Okay. I'm good with Cooper Cup as MVP. He scored two touchdowns. He was their only productive offensive player. Has Cam Akers, 13, 13 carries for 21 yards. I mean, as a whole, oh. they had 23 carries for 43 yards, averaging 1.9. And one of those carries was Cooper Cup's seven-yard run on fourth down. So he scored two touchdowns. He hit the under on his receiving prop, 92 yards, but eight catches. Two, I thought he was absolutely elite. I think you could go either way. You know, usually they kind of skew offense. Aaron Donald is also uh, fantastic. But, I mean, Cooper, Cooper Cup was their only guy. Um, once, you know, once Beckham went down, I guess Hopkins had a couple catches. But everyone else was just so ineffective. And, you know, we, my wife was asking me, she said, was it a good game? I was like, well, it had a dramatic finish. It was a close game, but that second half, you know, they got the the T Higgins touchdown to start. It was extremely um that poor. was a bizarre. Yeah. And I know they've been talked about the refs. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there was a couple. I hated the defensive holding call um, you know, on the Bengals late. I mean, I thought that that was well, frankly not holding. But the uh, the face mask on Jalen Ramsey by T Higgins that ended up turning into a 75 yard touchdown right out of the gate at the beginning of the second half really was something. Uh, anyways, was a great season for the overall. I mean, a really entertaining and great playoffs. I mean, the super wild card weekend was a bit of a dud, um, just that the games weren't really that close. But the divisional round was absolutely incredible. The conference championship games were really good, uh, and we had an exciting Super Bowl. So. On to the offseason, NFL free agency coming up. And we'll touch on that and a few other topics with Andy McNamara. But, Remo, let's get to the Jets. Um, ah, man, that win on Saturday night was massive for this team. And, you know, listen, I think we've seen a lot of times in the past where a team playing on the second end of back-to-back -back nights on the road in a tough place to play gets down early and, uh, well, it gets away on them. I mean, full marks to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and especially Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley for leading the way. Um, the captain with five points on Saturday night. And uh, for a team that at one point was down 8-1 or 9-1 in shots to completely turn it around. I think they went 40-22 the rest of the way. Um, that, that's a win that, you know, uh, you know, that group can really feel good about themselves. And, you know, the fact that they've had three pretty strong games coming out of the gate. We know that, you know, it can't be on and off. A uh, big opportunity tonight to keep it rolling against the Chicago Blackhawks. But uh, what do you think about the performances of the club on the weekend? Yeah, Friday night's game, you would have liked to get the point. I was really impressed that they were able to battle. I mean, both games uh, very well played. You know, Mark Shifley with the what a huge windup from inside the blue line. Uh, absolutely incredible way to tie it. And they could have scored in OT and had chances, couldn't quite put away. You're happy with the point. Coming into Nashville, I was like, okay, this team is in a tough spot. I mean, how are they going to come out? And, well, they were down 2 nothing. but full credit to them, they battled back. And they had the, you know, the WST turning point us was the Mark Borowiecki elbow on Svechnikov. And I had to watch it a couple times to, you know, see if, was this the right call? Uh, was it, was it not? And, um, I mean, you can clearly see his head, you know, snap, you know, snap. He was bleeding. He got, you know, elbow to the head. That's five, that's five minutes, and, you know, there are times earlier this year, Huss, where they have, have had five-minute penalties in crucial times. I'm remembering against Arizona, they had a lot of penalties. Huh. And against Edmonton, they even had a penalty in overtime. And I, 
I just had I had uh, nightmares, Huss, about a five minute power play. I'm like, well, they better take advantage, and uh, they proved definitely proved me wrong. Uh, scoring not one but two goals. What a pass from Mark Shifley to Blake Wheeler for the tip, and and you could see how fired up he was. That celebration, uh, letting oh. it all out, and then they added another one, Pierre Luc Dubois, who. I guess he's coming to tonight's game in a t-shirt, right? Didn't have a suit, two games in a row in a t-shirt, two goals. Um, so it was, uh, I mean, what a performance on Saturday. Friday was was good too. And you just hope they can keep it rolling because those playoff odds are are going up. They need to get on a heater. And, you know, thankfully you have two opponents this week in Chicago and Seattle who are below you uh, in the standing. So I am looking forward to seeing how that well, goes it, this it, week. I mean, but they're, this in a good, they're in a good spot and playing well. This entire week for the Winnipeg Jets is, um, I, and, and you know, we're going to be talking about that, especially over the next couple of weeks, because I think as we get into March, we'll kind of realize, is it realistic that we're talking about this team that, you know, is in a position where if they continue to play well, they can get, get into a playoff spot, or is it next year time? And, you know, tonight, Chicago, Wednesday, the Wild, Thursday, Kraken, Saturday, Oilers, four games at home, all very, very important matchups. I mean, the ones in the division go without saying. Edmonton, of course, is another one of these teams that, as of right now, is in the mix for one of the wild card spots. Uh, so, some very important points on the line. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that it's always the next one that's the most important in the situation the Winnipeg Jets are in right now. Um, they managed to find a way to dig deep and flip that game, do a complete 180 after falling down to nothing after a pretty ugly start. Um, getting that big win, led by the special teams, as you mentioned, Remus, with three power play goals. Kyle Connor tying the game in the second period as well. Um, you know, I just a huge, huge win after a disappointing single point. Um, you know, on Friday night, with uh, although battling back and getting that final goal in the, in the final minute to get it to overtime, certainly was a big point. But at that point, you're really hoping that you can uh, get two. Um, we'll have plenty of time to talk about this with Jeff Hamilton coming up in a few minutes. We want to give a big shout out to our friends over at F Apparel. Custom suits for men downtown at 190 Smith Street. Uh, guys, every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. And F's custom-made suits start at just 400 bucks. I've got a full line of custom clothing for any occasion. Not just suits, dress shirts, winter jackets, chinos, golf pants, untucked dress shirts, shoes, ties, accessories, and more. Uh, and, you know, going into this this year, um, you know, a couple months, there's going to be a, a lot of graduating done. And if you have a high school student in the family or know of someone graduating this year, tell them if they bring in their current high school ID down to F Apparel, they'll get a free custom dress shirt and tie with any suit order. That means you can get a custom made suit, shirt and tie for as little as $3.99. Find out more online at F Apparel. That's E-P-H Apparel. Obviously, talk to them about your wedding party as well. 15% discount for wedding parties. And uh, you can pop down and see them at 190 Smith Street. Uh, well, it is uh, it is heart month, ironically. Today is Valentine's Day. But, um, you know, maybe not less about the romance and more about romancing your heart, taking care of it. Uh, you need to be stocking up on heart, healthy supplements and foods over at Vita Health Fresh Market. They've got great prices on Winnipeg's best selection of heart healthy, natural and organic supplements, beauty products and groceries, not to mention an amazing, uh, it's amazing lunch options with the grab and go deli, Vita Market salads, soups, sandwiches and more. Uh, you can join the exclusive Vita VIP list for texting Vita VIP 
to 1-877-630-1970 to receive special offers all year long and be entered to win a $100 Vita Health gift card. That was seven Winnipeg's locations, Vita Health Fresh Market, including the newest store in Linden Ridge. You can find them online at myvita.ca. Uh, and uh, listen, there's probably quite a few beers, uh, other cocktails, lots of food being ingested. Uh, whether you're just trying to get back to normal or cleanse yourself, it all starts with uh, a lot of water. And speaking of water, the good stuff is from our friends at Culligan Water. We're celebrating 65 years in business. They've got it all. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems citywide delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Uh, you can see them at 1200 Sargent Avenue. Give them a call at 694-5180 or find more, uh, more online at drinkculligan.com. All right, more Jets talk coming up with Hammer in a few minutes. But right now, let's put a bow on the NFL season in Super Bowl 56 with our guy, Andy McNamara. Andy Mac, what's up? How are you, my friend? Hustler, doing good, brother. I thought, you know what? It's the end of the, the NFL season. I'll go with the Ohio team that can actually win something. I'm going with the Buckeyes, baby. <laughs> hey, oh, let, me, <laughs> let me ask you this, because, I mean, you are a, a Browns hardo for life. Yep. Where were the Browns fans and all of that yesterday? Were you sort of pulling for the plucky underdog Bengals mm -hmm. or being a division rival? It was like, hell no, we don't want to see them win. Man, it was it was super tough. Because ultimately, I wanted nobody to win. I wanted a tie. I wanted the lights <laughs> to go out. I wanted no Super Bowl. None. Cancel the game. Cancel the game. Forget it. But I knew that couldn't happen. So I had to think, okay, how can I rationale this to me? And I thought, I landed on this, Hus. I said, the Bengals are the little brother of the Browns. Because Paul Brown, Paul Brown Stadium, that's where the Bengals play. Mike Brown, his 80-something-year-old son, founded the Cleveland Browns. Then him and Art Modell got in a fight, and then he left and founded the Bengals. So they are, there is the the brotherhood, the family connection that are the Bengals. So while I, if it was against any other opponent, I would cheer hard against them. I thought, you know what, if someone has to win, make it the Bengals, not that skunk Odell Beckham Jr. And of course the football gods, unfair, and gave it to OBJ. Overall, what did you think of the game? I mean, it was, um, it was close. It was exciting. Yeah. But yeah. it certainly wasn't a classic, I don't feel. No, I think that's a good way how you put it. Like, I didn't want to blow out. I was hoping for more points, right? I was hoping for, you know, more of a Kansas City Bengals style of scoring that we, we had seen. And really in the uh, even it, too much to ask for a Chiefs Buffalo type of game. That's too much to ask. But I wanted a bit more scoring. But overall, what do you want? You want a competitive game. You want close. But you don't want that 13-10 stinker. So I think we got a bit of a combo of it, right? We had some big plays. We had some great plays on defense, offense, some big touchdowns. So I think we got enough. And it came down right to the end. Joe Burrow had a chance right at the end to go down the field and win that game. And Aaron Donald, the game record that he is, um, maybe the greatest defensive tackle ever, Won himself the Super Bowl, so I, th I think the ending was pretty was pretty exciting. Do you, uh, for my money, I think Donald was the MVP of that game. I under like the the offense always gets the rub, right? They always get the the, the, the glitz and glamour. But do you win that Super Bowl without Aaron Donald? Otherwise, no way. Joe Burrow marches down that field, scores a touchdown. If you don't have Aaron Donald, I think that's clear, right? 
Well, and Andy, oh, not just you. not just on that final play and on the fourth down, but I mean, there were two times. I mean, early in the game as well, when you know the Bengals had a great opportunity. They were at midfield and they're left after a gain of seven or eight on first down with second and short, and were unsuccessful three straight times trying to get that damn yard. And uh, I mean, those those are game flipping plays that yeah. you can look direct. I mean, they're basically turnovers. I mean, they don't count as turnovers. You don't get credited with an interception or a fumble. But I mean, taking possession away from the other team without points, without being able to punt. I mean, that is massive. And to me, I look back and then the way he stepped up and dominated at the end of the game was something. The other thing, I'd love your perspective on this. I mean, when they show the ISOs of Aaron Donald and the line play, I've never seen a guy get more attention than that in my oh, life. He had three players yeah. on him on a number, a number of plays, minimum two with a helper. Yeah, yeah, and and that to your point of him being an MVP candidate for the game, I think that even adds more to that because the Bengals, for all their offensive line faults, and this will be the season that they address that offensive line. I don't think we're going to see any Jamar Chase style reaching for a playmaker this year. You got to sure up that O line, but for all the they at least recognized that their offensive line would get eaten up by Aaron Donald, so they compensated. And for good chunks of the game, they held him. They contained him, but he is so damn good. You can contain him for a while, but he will get you. He will get to you, and it's when does he. And from what you laid out, and then at the end of the game, he got to them at the right time. But I will give credit. I thought the game plan at least was uh, as good as that offensive line could have done they did against someone like Aaron Donald yeah now from a Bengal standpoint there were I mean there were a few plays and 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 frankly in those you know second third fourth down and short some of the play calling uh, mm. you know you maybe wonder if um, Zach Taylor had to do it over again well I'm sure if he had to do it over again he probably would do something different obviously because it didn't work um but there really was, I, I mean, Burl, I'll give him tons of credit. I mean, he really is Joe Cool. I mean, the amount, the amount of pressure that he was in all the way to the Super Bowl, dating back to, I mean, even the Raider game, um, was beyond what any other quarterback was dealing with. And, you know, he still managed to find a way. I mean, we talked about the stats. I think he ended up being sacked nine, 18 times over the course of the playoffs. And yeah. no other quarterback had ever been sacked more than 12. Well, the reason for that is you can't win football games if you're getting sacked that much. I, the, the stat of him beating the Titans with a, with nine yeah. sacks, I mean, is still a number that I'll, you know, it's very hard to rationalize in your head. Um, but when it came down to it, I mean, against those beasts up front, and, and, and listen, as we mentioned with Donald, I mean, when you're putting three guys on Aaron Donald, that's leaving some open space for, you know, Leonard Floyd and Vaughn Miller, and uh, they all got theirs by the end of the game. Yeah, and they are extremely lucky that they got through Joe Burrow that season, that playoff run, as healthy as he did. And he almost didn't. Remember, he came up lame in that in the game, right? That, that knee um, limping off. Like, Cincinnati fans should be screaming, like, whatever your first sec- free agent – offensive line imagine imagine that cincinnati Bengals team with a beefed up offensive line i think you win the super bowl with, with all that talent around you add a uh, a stud in the draft you get whoever free agent or trade whatever and you get a couple more pieces in there and you start to stack that line up with let's not forget you still have jamar chase and t higgins they're two top receivers 
100 yards and what, 89 in the Super Bowl. Uh, you got those two guys on the rookie contract still. You can spend. And Burrow. And Burrow. You, the window is now, and they almost broke through. They had it open. One foot was through, didn't quite get in. Spend it on the O-line, the defense. You sure that up a little bit, and, and you're you're good. Like, there's not that much you have to do I think in Cincinnati. Have, I think they have $57 million in cap space as well going into this offseason. I mean, because <laughs> of those numbers that you yeah. mentioned. So, I mean, there, there certainly is a bit of a window right now. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, um, there's no easy pass, path in the AFC. Um, because, you know, you've got Mahomes and the Chiefs. I mean, they're right now right there with the, the Super Bowl favorites for next year. The Cincinnati Bengals are certainly going to be right up there. You can't forget about the Buffalo Bills. In no. fact, I think I looked at the book earlier today, and the Chiefs and the Bills were the co-favorites mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's all that heat in the AFC right now. And, you know, and then there's there's always some teams that make huge pushes. I mean, I expect the Chargers to be much better. I mean, they should have been a playoff team this mm-hmm. year. Um, and then you wonder about some of these other teams, you know, like, dare I say it, the Jets and the Jags. I mean, the, that that have their number one overall, number two overall quarterbacks going into year two. Now, I don't think anyone expects a turnaround like they had in Cincinnati where they're going to the Super Bowl in year two. No. But they're certainly going to be a lot more competitive. And um, the AFC is absolutely fascinating. Just the landscape and a, a big part of that is just the uh, – the rise of the Bengals in such a short time, because let's face it, going into the season, they were the fourth. Like if you just the odds in the AFC North Ravens, Steelers and Browns were all ahead of the Bengals. Yeah. I think they were something like 150 to one to win the Super Bowl. And I mean, they Boy. had the lead with two minutes left. Yeah. And the thing four and 12 the year before two wins the year before that. And they put it together. And I, personally, I still don't think Zach Taylor is a, uh, a complete play caller yet with running the ball and all, but listen, you got to the Super Bowl, right? So whatever deficiencies he may have, you got to the Super Bowl. The results speak for themselves. So also another team, what about how did the Titans regroup? They had that down year. Is, is Ryan Tannehill back to Miami Ryan or can he get back to the Tana throw? Derrick Henry back. Like how do you adjust? Tennessee can't be forgotten about. So there's the AFC, I think, is still the toughest spot. And I just wonder, I'm sure you saw us. There was, I think, from Ian Rappaport early yesterday that apparently Tom Brady, even though he retired, hasn't officially closed any doors. And I'm thinking, well, if you retire, that's actual that that is a door closing. <laughs> so, like, is he coming back? Is it going to be Aaron Rodgers getting traded to Tampa? Like, what what is ha- this now? What we can focus on is this crazy quarterback carousel that could happen apparently the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are in their best uh, feeling space towards each other in years what about Russell Wilson that Brady now eking back and what like is I find it hard to believe Tampa Bay is going to be going into next year with what Blaine Gabbert come on now come on no (laughs) Kyle Trask Trask right like there's stuff is going to happen in the Raiders Derek Carr is he the guy what is going to happen now we get to turn our attention to that to the draft, all that fun stuff. So that's what's so great about the NFL. There's like two weeks out of the year where there's nothing to talk about, and the rest can be all speculation. Yeah, well, one is this week, and we'll get into free agency next week, and mm. then it's uh, it's essentially on. The Rodgers situation is so fascinating because um, we know everything that happened in the background of last offseason and yeah. you know Aaron being Aaron, but still ended up going out and having an MVP season. Uh, and I think he wants to win. 
I think he's got some confidence that they've got a lot of the pieces there in Green Bay, despite another dud against the Niners in the playoffs yeah. this year. And then when you think about some of these possible landing spots for Aaron Rodgers, for some of the reasons why we just mentioned, I mean, like everyone says that Denver wants him. You're Aaron Rodgers. You want to go into a division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr? Makes no sense. I mean, that doesn't seem, it's especially leaving the NFC North, which is essentially a buy into the playoffs every year right now, the way it's currently constructed. Yeah, you're getting in if, you're, if you stay with the Packers. You're getting into the playoffs. That's what's happening. If Aaron Rodgers is healthy, you're getting into the playoffs. You're winning the division. Yeah, I've never, and like, I understand people, oh, his offensive coordinator went and his, okay. Why with Aaron Rodgers, who, let's be real, one, maybe two years left playing, Probably, right? You want to spend that time fighting with Mahomes and Herbert? You're not winning that division. Or at least it's going to be a dogfight. You're going to be beat up. You're going to hope for a wild card spot. You don't want to be in that world. Why? So you have to follow where it makes sense. If Tom Brady stays retired, him going to Tampa Bay makes a whole lot of sense. Then Tampa Bay could just be like, hey, got the next hot guy. Let's go. And we just keep rolling. Tampa Bay makes a ton of sense. You put Aaron Rodgers in there. You win that division, no problem. That's a gimme division too. So it's either you stay in Green Bay or you go to Tampa Bay if uh, Tom Brady stays retired. And that all depends, of course, on the price. But the Broncos situation makes zero sense to me. You know, I mean, just while we're talking about quarterbacks, I mean, there's some potential that maybe Russell Wilson could be on the move. Uh, One of the spots, assuming that Brady is done, one of the very, very attractive spots, I would have to say, is the Saints. Now, again, they're going to have a new coach and it does, it, it, you know, not having Peyton there is a big part of it. But um, you go there, it's a pretty damn good defense. You do have some good weapons there and you're going into a division that will have a box team that will be decimated by injuries and off-field departures. Uh, a Falcons team that is still sort of at just the end of the Matt Ryan era. And you mm-hmm. wonder where they are And Carolina under Matt rule has been very disappointing. So I mean, that spot in New Orleans with an elite, elite quarterback could end up sort of being the same path that the Packers have had over the last few years, which is, you know, going five and one or six and oh in the division, basically knowing you're a playoff team midway through the regular season. Yeah, you're right. And how does that Taysom Hill factor go in moving forward? Was it just Sean Payton? Is it an organization feel that you have to keep for some unknown freaking reason? Keep Taysom Hill going. I, with that odd, remember that contract, that, that weird structure? I don't understand it. What we do know is Taysom Hill is not going to be the starting quarterback. Um, is Jameis going to get another chance? Is like how, how does that work? I'm with you. There, if you are able to slot in a Russell Wilson, like an elite-level guy, you can make a go at that division, especially if the Buccaneers just really would go into a full rebuild mode. Huh? Like it would If they don't have Brady or Rodgers, or get some other quarterback, you are going from Super Bowl favorites to a total collapse and rebuild. Hey, just while we're talking about rebuilding teams, I mean, I'll ask you this, because I know how uh, invested you are in the AFC North. Yeah. What? Where do you see the Steelers going from oh. here without Big Ben? Mm, I mean, are, so they, are they a team that we start talking about one of those big quarterbacks to come in? I mean, oh, they I certainly got a solid defense. The guy, I know you hope not, but <laughs> that is the, I, I'm sure everyone's Ooh. hoping for just a, I mean, Mike Thomas never had a losing season. It, it is yeah. absolutely incredible. Um, but this will be the biggest test without Ben being around because I got to tell you, 
Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins ain't it. Uh, no, M- Mason Rudolph's giant block head and stupid look on his face is not it. Mason Rudolph sucks. Uh, I hope he is, though. I really do. They're too, the problem is, and I have to give them their due, they're too good of, a, of an organization, too well-managed to be that bad and to go that route. They're not stupid unless they have some plan and they, and they are in love with some quarterback in next year's draft and they think, we're going to bottom out, even though we've never had that losing season, and you want to eat that one, that's the only way you bring back Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins or Josh Dobbs. Um, but where do you go? Like, if you don't land one of those guys, there's no answer. Is it is Matt Ryan coming in good enough? Like, maybe to get you nine and eight or something? You know what I mean? Like, there's not a whole lot of options. That defense as well, the secondary is getting a bit older. You do still have TJ Watt, who's a wrecking ball, um, but he's injury prone. You have some offensive pieces, but how does this change? It all depends on the quarterback you bring in uh, and, and how you, you go from there. So I really hope Pittsburgh, you've had a good run. Take a seat in the basement, smell the must, musty clothes, <laughs> and take a seat, okay? I, 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 don't, I don't need Aaron Rodgers going to Pittsburgh, please. Hey, hey, one other interesting quarterback topic that just sort of emerged last week is Kyler Murray down in Arizona. I don't know if Oof. you saw Chris Mortensen's report yesterday, yes. which was an absolute scud, immature, selfish. I mean, like whoever those sources Ooh. are within the Cardinals organization that are saying this has a serious bone to pick with Kyler Murray. Um, it sounds like they want to bring him back. And as long as Cliff Kingsbury is the head coach there, I mean, that was the guy. But um, that's that's an interesting situation to keep an eye on through the next few weeks for oh sure. Oh, my God. It's scathing. Right. And let's be when he came out of the draft or out of the draft, there was some reports that I saw about immaturity, about having that prima donna look and not in the way that quarterbacks have that, you know, you have to be confident, but that he would like no show charity events and essentially just be a real jerk. Right. So and there's always been that baseball thing. And he is a tiny man. He's a tiny little man who is being chased by 300 pound men. And we saw this year and late into last year. That what happens when giant men tackle little guys is the little guy gets hurt. And we've seen that now progress in the last half of last year into this year. And you see again later in the season, there was that stat hit November, mid November, the Cardinals start to go down. Cliff Kingsbury never won squat in college. So what does what does that combo mean? The only reason Kingsbury's here is because of Murray. And like there's still he's still very young as far as his NFL career. So is he going to take his ball because he got hurt a few times and doesn't like and go play baseball? He could. He very well could. Uh, that would really be a mix up because then you take the Cardinals right back to the basement as well. Having wasted then Josh Rosen. Don't forget Josh Rosen. First round pick 2018, 2019 Kyler Murray. If he leaves, what the heck do you do in Arizona? That's a total rebuild, too. Yeah, Murray would have some real value if they did trade him. I mean, there's no oh, doubt sure. about that. There'd be a team sure. that would jump all over him. But Great you're arm. sort of back to square one yeah. um, for a team that, you know, has some pretty significant holes, but, you know, did do some really good things, especially earlier on in the season. Andy Max with us, recapping the Super Bowl and looking ahead into the NFL offseason. We'll get back to the Jets in just a couple minutes with Jeff Hamilton, who's going to join us in less than 10. Uh, Andy, what did you think of the halftime show? Uh, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty i wanted to be longer i was like oh it's over you know 
that that was great what a great flashback um you know being our age hus it's a definite throwback to you know the high school years type of thing right and you, you feel real good uh, about seeing those guys i thought really they all aged pretty well you know they all look pretty good there wasn't anyone like haggard and and <laughs> that sometimes yeah. you see like 50, hey, we're, 50 we're, cent was haggard from hanging upside down and trying to rap when he came in for right. in the club i think and he's 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 put a couple on but he's um, he's a bit beefy that's okay you know what? The funniest thing is you mentioned, I mean, everyone was sort of buzzing from it. I think the most certainly where I was watching, everyone really enjoyed it. Everyone's talking about it. And then all of a sudden the game's back on and boom, that crazy T Higgins play with the face mask on Jalen Ramsey that didn't get called. And all of a sudden the Bengals are up. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, we're just coming down from the halftime show. And now we're right back into it. And then you mix in those ticky tack defensive plays at the end. That was, that was pretty Pretty garbage. Um, yeah, yeah. The holding call on Cup was um, was not, and I actually yeah. did see Aaron Donald was clearly lined up offside on the fourth and one. And I mean, listen, that was just a trigger for me because I was at that damn game in Arrowhead between the Chiefs and the Patriots. The infamous D Ford lining up offside oh. that cost the cost the Chiefs a trip to the Super Bowl. Right. New England ended up winning, winning another uh, another one. Uh, but hey, it, it is uh, it is what it is. Quickly, NFL draft uh, a little ways away. Um, doesn't sound like there's a like it's a highly stocked quarterback class, which should uh, should change. I think a lot of the decisions for many of the teams up near the uh, the top of the draft board. This is going to be interesting. I had a great chat on the fantasy show on uh, Sportsnet Radio every Sunday um, two weeks ago with Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports, who was at the Senior Bowl. And that's really the start of the draft process. And now you see the top quarterbacks usually going to the senior bowl if they're eligible. And he said, really what we're looking at is either guys with a ton of upside talent that if you go to the right spot, like look at Josh Allen, right? If, if we go back quickly to Josh Allen's year, what if Josh Allen went to the Jets? What if Josh Allen went to the Cardinals under those unstable? Heck, what if he went to my Browns under those unstable conditions? He had such a growth uh, hill to climb that he might have flopped despite all the talent but with buffalo he was in a stable situation and he climbed so for this year's class it looks like you have either a mac jones type in that i mean um either a guy who is nfl ready but has that sort of ceiling you know he's not he's going to be he can take you there now as far as be competent but yeah maybe it's that Derek Carr type of ceiling you're kind of stuck or you got these players who are uh, a super high upside, but man, if they go in the wrong uh, direction or wrong situation, it's going to be a flop. It's another deep wide receiver class. Um, supposed to be a nice offensive line class as well. But yeah, the quarterback one, uh, we're going to see teams reach. We know that. They're going to be desperate, especially with the, like we just went through some of the teams, Hus, that have quarterback needs, not even all of them. Somebody's going to reach and probably more than one, and some are just going to hope that they get their guy. So we're, we're definitely going to see some reaching. It just depends who could be that guy that gets picked higher than they should. Andy Mack is with us. You can follow him on Twitter at AndyMC81. Uh, so what are you going to do now? I mean, for the next little bit. I mean, you know, we've been so immersed in football. And I mean, I know you do do some hockey stuff, but not quite maybe as uh, hardcore as we do covering each and every day. What uh, What's on the, the agenda for Andy Mack? Of course, there'll be NFL free agency in the draft that you'll be covering. But uh, yeah. Well, what's going to be, what's going to be keeping you busy? What's on the top of your docket for the next month? Oh, Huss, I never, this is all, all coffee. 
and it's not irish stuff i promise it's uh <laughs> it's it's all it's all caffeine uh, i got a ton going on so right now we what i've going on is with the our uff sports guys right there you see that the american football legends league has we just finished tonight actually we're finishing week two and that's the video game esports version of where we have these games simulated with the all-time great nfl guys so we had a matchup yesterday joe montana versus roger staubach in their prime no injuries in video game form battling each other so the game of the week which is tonight i do play-by-play commentary for the video game which is kind of trippy to be last week we had you know joe montana handing it off to walter payton like that's <laughs> odd that's odd to say you know? that team is stacked that's a stack team. Reggie White coming off the end for the other side. It was it was weird, but we're doing this esports experience um, through American Football Legends. Like, and I encourage you guys, listen, check out. It's on YouTube. AFLL.live takes you right to the YouTube page. Click subscribe. Check it out tonight. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we interview the NFL players we have on board. I interviewed Eric Metcalf last week. We have Super Bowl champ Lionel Jelly Roll Dalton won a Super Bowl with the uh, 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 with the Ravens. And we have him on as a guest as well. So NFL guests and the video game legend side. It's really, really cool to check out. So that's what's keeping me busy. I actually uh, I actually clicked on it yesterday. I was on our YouTube page, and uh, we, of course, have subscribed. And Thank I you, said, brother. Oh, they're you. live right now. Oh, so I popped in, and yeah. uh, I was hoping to hear your pipes uh, going at it, but I realized that wasn't the game of the week. So right. we'll get that tonight. Uh, yes, what time sir. does it stream at? That's going to stream at 8 p.m. Eastern tonight at afll.live and we'll put it all out on twitter too at the afll so yeah check it out let me know guys know what you think because it's it's really trippy for me doing it with these with these names and seeing these players rated out and how those dream matchups get to work it's, it's pretty cool well uh and you know what? it's the perfect um you know appetizer for the game tonight we have a uh, normally the jets play at seven but they're playing at eight tonight so seven central <laughs> You, you can do a little pre-game with andy mack watch some nfl legends on uh on madden and uh and watch the uh, the Jets hopefully get another big win tonight uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks. Andy, always great having you on the program. Let's uh, chop it up in a few weeks when uh, we kind of see what's happening with player movement around the National Football League. Absolutely. Always a pleasure, Hus. Thank you, guys. Talk to you. <laughs> there he is, the man himself, Andy McNamara. Uh, always bringing the energy when he joins us. And a great way to sort of finish up the NFL season. Of course, huge Winnipeg Jets games I mentioned Tonight, kicking off this massive four-game homestand in Winnipeg this week. Jeff Hamilton's going to join us in just a couple of minutes. It is Valentine's Day, though, and I do want to mention, oh, by the way, if you just popped in a little later on, also have a pair of tickets to give away. We'll um, we'll do that with folks that are with us live on YouTube towards the end of the program, so make sure to stick around and make sure you've hit the red subscribe button because you do have to be a subscriber to win the tickets. Uh, but as I mentioned, it's Valentine's Day, and uh, today's a great day to share the love with a delicious heart-shaped pizza from Boston Pizza on Valentine's Day. A dollar from each heart-shaped pizza supports Children's Hospital in Manitoba and the new Children's Heart Center, which helps up to 6,000 kids annually live longer, healthier lives. Um, the Children's Heart Center provides new specialized equipment and a larger private for children and their families. And, uh, oh, by the way, $1 as well from every mint chocolate cake sold is donated. Uh, and you can also donate and personalize a message in BP today on one of the red paper hearts. And 100% of funds raised are donated to the Children's Heart Center. So uh, there you've got it. 
Heart-shaped pizza is available for dine-in, takeout, or delivery, dinner with, dinner with your family, date with your sweetheart, or, of course, watching the Jets game tonight. Uh, to order your heart-shaped pizza, call Boston Pizza, 204-925-4111. And uh, the goal for our locally-owned Boston pizzas is to raise $125,000 for the Children's Heart Center. So, uh, folks, you know what to do. Let's uh, support the uh, great causes, uh, as we always do. And you know what goes great with a heart and a heart-shaped pizza? Maybe a guy's called Little Brown Jug. Of course, uh, did have a couple Little Brown Jugs yesterday enjoying the game. I'm sure many of you did as well. Uh, the amazing 1919, the Brute IPA, the uh, very popular winter beer, the Double, is available all around the city at your local liquor store and, of course, uh, at Manitoba Liquor Store or Beer Store and as well at the Tap Room over on William Avenue. And if you uh, are staying in, you want to get the Great Taste Little Brown Jug delivered. They do deliveries on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. So go online to littlebrownjug.ca. Uh, get your order in and get it delivered to you on Wednesday, Friday, or Saturday. Um Hey, let's do our Princess Auto curling report right now before we bring Jeff Hamilton in. Um, first things first, big, big two wins for Jennifer Jones. Uh, a perfect Monday with two wins. They're back to three and three. They have a, uh, you know, they're in a, I believe, a five-way tie right now for fifth place. Um, so destiny in their own hands, but they got to keep winning. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see. They've got Tuesday off and then back at it on Wednesday with a couple more very, very important games. Of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsor of Jennifer Jones' team. And they're also proud sponsors of Mike McEwen's team, which are now the Manitoba champions. They won the Viterra Championship yesterday and will be going back to the Briar representing the Buffalo. Uh, it is great news, though, because... Jason Gunlickson, uh, the defending champ, well, I guess from two years ago, they went as the Manitoba champ because there were no Manitoba playdowns last year. Uh, they will also be in the mix as the third wildcard team. Uh, of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsor of uh, Reed, Mike, and the guys, as well as the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. See them down at one of two local locations, or you can shop online 24-7-365 at princessauto.com. All right, well, we put the Super Bowl to bed and the NFL season, uh, and now it's time to get ready for a huge four games at home for the Winnipeg Jets. Coming off a very successful weekend, I think, overall. Let's welcome in Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press to get after it. Hammer, how's the weekend? How are you? Good, Huss. Yeah, the weekend was uh, was a good one. Obviously loaded with hockey, and then they decided to give us a bit of a break yesterday with football, and so can't really complain. I thought the game was pretty cool. I I feel for Bengal fans for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, it just it felt like at the end there, it just felt like the writing was on the wall, even with that deficit. And um, I don't know. I just you know, I for what's been a great for the most part, at least the last few weeks of of, uh, of NFL playoffs, I felt like it was a, a fitting end and uh, a, a good champion. I thought it was a win win either way. Even even if I was hoping for Joe Burrow memes uh, to continue with a victory for Cincinnati, but here we are. Yeah, well, it was uh, the big boys up front, Aaron Donald leading the way, stepping up in the uh, fourth quarter when they needed it, and. Um, Man, it was just a, an attrition of that Bengals offensive line. And by the end, I mean, he had no time. And, um, you know, if he had just an extra second, I mean, he might be able to hit Jamar Chase on a long one. He had some room. But 
Um, that was a big, that was the downfall of that team and a real strength of the Rams squad. And, you know, big reason why, uh, why they won. Chris quickly, uh, I'm sure you were a big fan of what went on at halftime. Oh man. And so like, I'll be honest, I laughed out loud when I saw 50 cent, like, <laughs> like I just, like, I, you know, obviously put two and two right to right uh, together right away. I mean, it was, I don't know, as a 36 year old, if, you know, I think there was 10 years below me, 10 years above me that would have saw that, or even more would have viewed that, uh, halftime show as, as certainly, um, you know, certainly a blast from the past. I know I had a smile on my face, just kind of watching it go down. Uh, you know, <laughs> again, looking at these guys all these years later, particularly 50 cent and like, just, you know, whatever. I just thought it was, I thought it was terrific. I thought it was the, you know, I, I'd go as far as to say it kind of stole the show. You know, I, it was a little like I was the first time I felt. I mean, maybe you know, there's been obviously some great halftime shows, but it was the first time I felt in some time that uh, you know it was. Why did this end? And are we really going to go back to a football game at this very moment? But uh, sure enough, the second half. You know, what, maybe maybe uh, you know the second half started with a pretty big boom there. So maybe a couple of the players uh, were, were out there listening to "Lose Yourself" from Eminem. I think that was my only criticism was I would have wanted to see a bit more of of Eminem in there. But you know, I thought as far as as far as uh, halftime shows go, I know people say Prince was awesome too. Of course he was. Um, but overall, I just thought, you know, for, for this, this, this year in particular and, and what we've been through, it was a nice little, nice little opportunity to smile in an otherwise maybe, you know, period of time that hasn't been all that great. Yeah, it was uh, it was a heck of a lot of fun. I think most people enjoyed it. You know who else enjoyed it? Evan McPherson. The Bengals kicker didn't go back to the locker room. He hung out there oh, the I... whole time and watched the entire thing sitting there in his uniform. Kickers, and what other position are you breed. allowed to do? Well, I was going to say, there's absolutely no one. Like, I'm sure there's a couple of guys in those locker rooms that would have liked to stick around and watch the <laughs> whole show. I think the kicker is literally the only player, uh, you know, who has that ability to do that and not maybe rub his teammates the wrong way. Hey, that being said, yesterday was all about the Super Bowl, but Friday and Saturday night for Winnipeg fans was all about the Jets. And, I mean, you know, listen, the game on Friday night I thought was um, – you know, sort of disappointing to come out with only one point, but a huge point in tying it late the way that they did. Uh, but man, my takeaway from the weekend was all about Saturday night. I mean, a horrible start. I mean, Nashville was all over them. At one point, I think, Jeff, the shots were eight or nine to one and 10 to three. And the Jets find themselves down two nothing in, you know, midway through the first period. And that has been a blueprint for very long nights on the road for the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, you know, between Connor Hellebuck stepping up, Blake Wheeler having his best game of the season and tying a franchise high five point game. Mark Shifley continuing to get some more success offensively. Pierre Luc Dubois stepping up. Um, th this is a game that I think they can really build on. And they've got a big opportunity to do that tonight. But uh, just your thoughts on uh, the Dallas and uh, Nashville games for Winnipeg and coming back with three or four points from a back to back on the road. Well, as you mentioned, you know, off the top, I think a lot of people would look at that Dallas game, view it as the, you know, I don't want to say easier game because none of those games were easy. None of these games down the stretch, including tonight's game against Chicago, is going to be necessarily easy. Um, but it's the first of a back-to-back. -back. Uh, of course, the Jets need the points. They're in a situation right now where they, they can't, you know, they got to collect as many points as possible. And against a team like Dallas and a team like, uh, Nashville, two clubs that are ahead of them in the standings and also within their division. Those, th this was always going to be a big, you know, back to back. It's going to be a big week here. Um, 
throughout it's going to be a big few months. So I think a lot of people would have thought, myself included, that there was a lost opportunity there. Of course, you know, just tie it up late in the game and secure that point, I think was important, of course. Um, but I think a lot of people viewed that first game as maybe being, okay, you have to get this one. And then if you lose in overtime or something, or you, you know, push against Nashville uh, in Nashville the next night, uh, against what's been a very good Predators team, a very relentless Predators team this season, um, would have been okay, or at least, you know, better than whatever. So when you when they didn't get that extra point in the first game, I think a lot of people viewed that second game, at least, I should, I should stop speaking for a lot of people. Myself, I felt that game was going to be, you know, a bit of an uphill battle uh, against the Predators. You know, they went with Connor Hellebuck again, and then you look at that first period, Haas, as you mentioned, I mean, what an eventful first period, right? I mean, the Jets had opportunities too, um, particularly on shorthanded, was that their 2-0 and their two and opportunity and to have that come back and bite them, um, you know, not, not a long time after and to be down 2 nothing, I think they, you know, I think a lot of people were thinking to themselves, here I go again, speaking for everybody, that was, was Connor Hellebuck the right decision to put in the net in back-to-back nights? Well, I think the rest of the way proved that was the right decision. Um, and if you look at that game, I mean, your comment about that's the blueprint. How long? How often have we been saying blueprint around here for the last couple couple of weeks? Uh, whether it was that St. Louis game or whether it was you know any other game, you know, mini game or whatever, we've we've kind of just painted any kind of solid you know effort filled night as that blueprint and we've just been saying that more often than not maybe over the last bit because we've started to see it now what what is significant to me uh, in the nashville game particularly was and a bit in the dallas game and even the the minnesota game but when you look at blake wheeler's five point night you know the jets need their best players to be their best players dave lowry said that leading into this trip that they need their best players to be their best players now blake wheeler probably isn't their best player but he's their highest paid player um, and you know he obviously still has some gas in the tank. So to see him have the kind of to, to kind of have the evening that he had, you know, I think the hope there for for not just Blake but for the entire team is that he can continue that. Obviously, Mark Scheifele had a had a big night with his three points. That's another game where he, you know he scores a you know a key goal on that. I think it was four on four. I hope I'm getting my games right here. Um, but you know, but also had that tying goal against Dallas and the winner against Mini. So you know, you start seeing him having you know big impact impacts in games. So certainly, if you look at this, you know, it's a small sample size. But if you look at five of the last six points go beyond that, you know, these last two games and into the Mini game. I think we're starting to see a team that really kind of, you know, gives a crap and, and whether that's, you know, playing with emotion, I don't think there's much of a coincidence here that we've seen, you know, players, particularly Adam Lowry, Brendan Dillon, drop the gloves, provide that spark and then see players like Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, you know, Kyle Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, fill the, fill the score sheet and then have Carter Hellbuck do what he does and make saves. I mean, that's kind of what, I think everybody envisioned would be the the recipe to success for this team. I think it's just taken a long time to figure that out. And um, it'll be important game tonight though. I mean, we've seen this team in the past, you know, feel pretty good about themselves after a small group of games, uh, you know, small put together a small win streak, if you will, or a point streak nonetheless, and then kind of come up short against uh, you know, an underwhelming opponent. Well, here, here are the Chicago Blackhawks ready for the picking tonight um, you know, I, you'd like to think that they're not going to take them easy, but uh, we've just seen so many times over the last, you know, this season in particular, a little bit of letdowns. But the, the Jets got to keep the gas, uh, the pedal on the, on the, or the foot on the pedal, and and get through this game tonight. And you know, I, they look primed to, but I think what we've seen is a spirited, emotional team, and 
it work. So now yeah, they know he, this is the recipe. Well, you know what? I, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, Dave Lowry talked about it after the game. And I mean, it's not because of the fight or anything like that. But, you know, seeing a player like Adam Lowry step up game after game after game um, and acquit himself like that on a very unenviable job. Um, but you're right. I mean, there was some emotion. It was showing that. And that gave the Winnipeg Jets energy. Because to be honest, like in some of the worst losses of the season, the skill's still there. I mean, the guys are trying, but there has just been a lack of energy at times with this club. And that's been a big talk about some of the players, um, you know, some of the top players at times when things had been struggling. That wasn't the case. And I mean, you think about the way that they, I mean, came back, I think after the first 10 minutes, they outshot the Nashville Predators 40 to 22. Um, you know, and that hasn't been a calling card of a team that's just able to rise up and and come back and, you know, you certainly had to, I mean, if you're a Jets fan, I mean, you had to feel good looking at the way that they bounced back. And, you know, the big question is, you know, can they continue to do that? And I'm with you. I mean, this game tonight, heck, Chicago went in and played the Edmonton Oilers last Monday, and um, they ended up getting Dave Tippett fired for the way that the team played. And, um, you know, I think the Jets can, in recent history, have enough cautionary tales of these Monday and Tuesday night games on home ice that haven't had that level of energy. Uh, and I realize they're playing a lot of hockey right now, but that's just the way the schedule is. Uh, they need to continue that energy because I think that if they can do that, it certainly brings out the best in the club. It keeps everybody engaged. And um, well, as I said, we saw the we saw the results. The other thing that was a real positive, and I'm interested in your thoughts on it, was the power play. Uh, and of course, the Borbietsky, um five-minute major on Svechnikov, absolutely the turning point in the game. Um, but, you know, earlier in the game, and Nashville's so undisciplined, I mean, you need to take advantage of the opportunities that a team like that gives you. Uh, and, you know, the Jets on the power play had a few good looks, but I found myself going, man, this power play is pretty predictable. They're doing the same things over and over again. And then Kyle Connor scores, and then they're up, and then they get that opportunity to sort of put things, well, to get a lead and put things away, and they pop two in a minute and do exactly what you need to do to take advantage of a five-minute power play. And, um, you know, at times before that sunk them wasn't the case on Saturday night and, you know, improve special teams, both with the man advantage and penalty killing a, a huge part of the equation for the Winnipeg Jets to get back in this. Well, it's, you know, it's funny because it, it was obviously a massive piece. They finished three for eight. So what's interesting is they break up those uh, they break up the five, the five minute power play into, I think, three different power plays. So that's why it ended up being three for eight. Um because of the goals scored. Anyway, the uh, what I thought was interesting though is before that, before they, you know, of course that five minute is ultimately how they, you know, got up and then got up again. Uh, the narrative was almost they the the power play was letting them down. I mean, it was one for five leading up to that point. And when you're on the back half of back to back games and you're on the road, you need your you know special teams to kind of be that extra piece to the puzzle. And while they did get that one power play goal, it seemed like they were kind of you know, very much like you suggested, Huss, it kind of left you wanting. It seemed a bit predictable. It didn't seem like they were generating all that much. And it was really the only time, but at the same time, it was really the only time you felt like they had any kind of sustained pressure in the offensive zone. So, you know, five on five wasn't getting, wasn't really going. So you get into that power play, you know, I thought it was interesting, right? Because 
you know, you talk about emotion, you talk about sticking up for teammates. And we certainly have seen that over the stretch of games here, whether it be, you know, answering to clean hits or answering to hits that you've dealt that were clean or, or, or really just kind of trying to create that spark by sticking up for teammates or whatever. Uh, well, there you, there you have it. You know, Sveshnikov gets a, gets a clip upstairs. You know, he's, he's leaking. It doesn't, it doesn't look great. Um, and then there's a five minute power play. That's as much, you know, sticking up for your teammate as making the other, the opposing team pay for, for, for what they did. And that's certainly what the Jets did. The other thing I thought was important in, the, in that was, uh, and you heard Pierre-Luc Dubois talk about it after the game was, I think there's a bit of a tendency when you get those long power plays to just kind of feel things out for a bit, right? Next thing you know, you're, you know, you're passing the biscuit around and 90 seconds is, is, is off the clock because you feel like you got all the time in the world with, uh, with, with the five minute power play. Well, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois said that they went to the center dot center dot right at the beginning and said look guys like we can't get into this trap we need to you know we need to push things right now and, and what do you see you see two goals from them one of which came pretty early on in the in, in the in the power play um probably could have got even more if it wasn't for that that late kind of even up call on mark shifley which i you know which looked a bit lazy at that point but at the same time you know he'd been out with the first unit was quickly put back out there again with hopes of scoring another goal and um you know came up a little bit short on that one end call, but uh, the power play certainly works out in their favor. And, and that's kind of goes down to what have we said a lot. I said a lot on the post game when I was with Kenny and Rennie show was, you know, the ability to flip the script, all you need to do is something good. And, and then everyone's talking about how great the power play is, you know, that you, you only get one goal there and it doesn't work out for you. Well, that power play, all of a sudden the numbers aren't as great. Um, you're still probably happy with your power play given, you know, you wanted to get that go ahead goal, but for them to get two on there and then to just finish it down, you know, to finish the game, really, I felt that Nashville kept pushing, you know, they looked like the jets were pinned in their own end for, for long stretches of time, but there was never, a, never really a, a ton of quality opportunities for the predators. So it's okay to kind of, you know, play, play comfortably in, in, in you know, play in your defensive end, as long as you're playing comfortably in your, in, in your defensive end. And that's something that Nashville has been able to achieve. St. Louis has been able to achieve when it might look like they're getting, you know, hemmed in their own end or, or outworked they're really not giving up much and then when they do make the you know the transition they do get out of the zone that's when it starts kind of clicking for them and we certainly saw that with the Jets against Nashville and now we need to see that you know kind of here moving forward taking advantage of all the opportunities they get whether it be on special teams or or even strength well that first power play unit I'm sure will look pretty similar but interesting that Billy Hanela was uh, on the second power play unit today and you know we had seen him at times you know getting a little bit of opportunity on PP2 uh, but a big part of that is Neil Pionk. Explain to us this Pionk situation because he and Dubois were both in the States. Um, Dubois here. Dubois playing, but Neil Pionk needs an extra day before he can come back to the border. He won't play tonight, and Logan Stanley gets an opportunity to get back in. So I'm, from what I understand, so the the way it, the way it's working is the number of days. So uh, you know, I, I don't quote me on this, but clearly Pierre Luc Dubois would have had to get his result back sooner. And so right now, I guess they need to wait the 10 days and I, and, or 11th day. You have to wait a full 10 days. And today just happens to be number 10. So he's, you know, not available for game time. Had this been a 24 hours later, uh, Dave Lowry said he would be in and ready to go. So that's kind of we're, – we're, we're dealing more with a time issue, not like a symptom issue, I don't think. And, 
And so at the end, end, end of the day, it really just comes down to had this game been on a Tuesday night rather than a Monday night, um, we wouldn't be having this conversation at all. So Neil Pionk will be available. Um, he won't be available this evening against the Blackhawks, but he'll be you know ready to go starting tomorrow. So just a bit of bad luck for the Jets and uh, maybe a little added bad luck after having these guys come back from the All-Star break, not feeling all that great. Yeah, well, I mean, that being said, it's a big opportunity for Stanley, who I think, you know, has been, you know, sitting on the sidelines injured, seeing the way Billy Hanel is playing and, you know, his continued improvement, see the way that the team has been winning. And, um, you know, I, listen, I don't know what happens when Neil Pionk gets back into the lineup for Wednesday's game against the Minnesota Wild, because certainly when you saw what happened last game against the Wild with both Lowry, Flair fighting twice, Brandon Dillon getting into it. Um, there would be an argument that a big guy like Logan Stanley might be a nice, uh, nice player to have at your disposal for that sort of a game. Uh, but this isn't about Wednesday. This is about tonight. And I would say, and we'll see how things go. If he plays with Billy Hainel or whether they switch the pairings up a little bit, um, Logan Stanley is going to want to come in and have a very, very good game and remind Dave Lowry that, uh, Hey coach, don't forget about me. I can, I can do some things to help a team win. And, Certainly with the increased physicality we've seen as of late, that's something that plays into Logan Stanley's hands. Yeah, well, ultimately, like, you know, you have to do what Villahainola did. You have to come into the lineup, um, play a strong, responsible game, but don't play a timid game. I mean, you're in there to show what your assets are, what, you're, what, you're, what, what, you, bring to the, what you bring to the lineup. And I think what we've seen with Villahainola over this stretch is, yeah, we've seen some maybe not so great plays or some, you know, you know, off nights from them, something that will come with every young player's career. Uh, but what I think has overshadowed those things is, you know, the things that we've come to know about him since the Jets drafted him is, you know, is, is he's, he's obviously got a good, uh, you know, puck handling skills. He's got a good first pass. You know, he, he's a smart player. We've seen him play on four on four. We've seen him play power play at times. We know he has that element to his game. Um, and, and, and really, I, I don't see a reason why Billy Hainel would come out now. I mean, maybe he hasn't, uh, you know, I don't have a, I don't have a, a lock or a key rather to, to Dave Lowry's mind and where he views Billy Hainel, but, um, I certainly think he's kind of proven his value in there and he'll continue to prove his value and he'll have to, but, uh, that's all a roundabout way of saying that's essentially what Logan Stanley needs to do. And whether that's, you know, stepping up and answering the bell when he needs to, or, or just playing physical hockey, um, you know, he's going to have to show that as well as being strong uh, and playing steady in the back end there and, and, and playing responsible. So, you know, right now it seems like, I guess, Kovacevic would have been the other option. They're, they're a little bit slim down there in a sense. Um, Nathan Bolio still working his way in. I don't think a ton of people necessarily, you know, want to see Nathan Bolio over either of those two guys. But um, at the same time, you know, he needs to come in and take his opportunity uh, because he knows he's got Neil Pionk right in the rearview mirror. And, and, and so it's, it really is. It'll be interesting to see how he handles um, tonight's game. We'll see how, how, how much he's available. He was on that road trip. He was deemed not to be a, you know, he was never going to play. Uh, over the last two games, Logan Stanley, that is, but he did travel with the team. So he has been on the ice a little bit here and there. We'll see if he can, uh, if that can translate into to feeling good and, and playing, more importantly, playing good um, and you know doing his best to stay in the lineup. But right now it's, you know, to me, if, if you're, you know, once Neil, Neil Pionk's back, unless, unless Logan Stanley can do, you know, can do more than just kind of be that physical presence because we've seen the Jets 
you know, get by in those physical games without him, you know, I just, I, I just don't know why he would necessarily remove a player like Vili Hainel, even though Vili is a bit smaller, of course, a bit smaller, much smaller, um, but also brings other elements to the game that Jets desperately need from the back. Yeah, end. well, it'll be interesting. They'll both get a chance to play potentially together tonight, and uh, you know, Vili might have an opportunity to play on the PP or the power play. Mm-hmm. Maybe Logan Stanley does a little bit of penalty penalty killing tonight uh, in the opening of this four gamer. Um, all right, let's get to Mark Shifley. Uh, you know, I know we talked about Blake Wheeler and Wheeler. Uh, I mean, I was at the game on Wednesday. I mean, the amount, like how hard he was working. It was nice to see him get rewarded. And that's a big game. You saw his reaction when he scored his first of two against Nashville. It was a massive goal too. Um, but there was a little bit of a monkey off the back, if you will. But a lot of things have been going well. And he certainly has been productive assist wise. Uh, but Mark Schleifle was the guy everyone was talking about through the All-Star break. He owned it, said that he knows he needs to be better, didn't want to get into what those things were. But the bottom line is uh, he scored in three straight, he had five points on the weekend. And I think the easiest way from my perspective is he just seems a lot more engaged. Now, it hasn't been for the full 60. I mean, that first goal, I know he took a lot of heat for having a front row seat on Granlin's one-timer, and Wheeler sort of missed that puck earlier. And um, but to their credit, they came back, made up for it, and more. Um, just your thoughts on what we've seen from Shifley in these last three games since coming out of the break. Well, yeah, I mean, those those defensive breakdowns are going to happen with him. You know, that's a, that's a reality of his game. They're just a lot more glaring, A, when they result in the, you know, back, you know, the puck in the back of your net. Um, but even more so, B, when you're not, when you're not, uh, pulling the trigger at the other end. And so what, you know, certainly what we've seen from, from Mark Shifley over the last three games, at least since the all-star break has been that execution scoring goals. I mean, even that four on four goal was just vintage Shifley in that, that release, you know, like that's like, you know, when I, when I, when I refer to in the past, like taking over games, that's the kind of skill set that he possesses to turn a game on its head, literally, um, in one one timer, so you know that's the, you know th- those are the kind of those are the kind of efforts I guess you want to see from him. I mean, sure, you, we we can you can easily dissect the defensive stuff as I mentioned earlier in this interview. Uh, you know that that you know when there was five on that five minute penalty. I mean, there was a bit of some laziness there and not winning a puck battle that led to an even up in the final two minutes. So you know th- there are there are going to be areas, and I mean the reality is there's going to be a spotlight on him. So all those things are going to be you know, certainly uh, magnified uh, the good and the bad. Uh, You know, I look at Mark Shifley and I see him as one of those guys that Blake Wheeler was alluding to in one of his post-game press conferences in that, you know, they really need an opportunity to take that all-star break, reflect, look in the mirror, um, and perhaps more importantly for Mark Shifley was get away from the game. You know, I think, you know, whether it's, talk you know talk shows like these or you know writing or whatever i mean this guy was the number one talked about uh you know number one talked about player seemingly forever you know the pressure of the pressure of the olympics was on this year this was supposed to be you know mark shifley's big season you know breakout season if you will i mean maybe that's a bit strong given what we'd seen from him in the past at least his ability to score points um, but you know, there, I think for him, as he mentioned in, in, you know, when he talked after the break was he got away from the game. You know, I, 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 I've mentioned this on the post game, um, the other night that, or Kenny brought it up, but just my feature I wrote, uh, wrote on him years ago, just kind of gain a better idea of who he was as a person. And 
Mark Scheifele hates losing. That was the entire point of the profile is that he hates losing. He hated losing, you know, races up the stairs with his sister. He hated losing, you know, against his older brother on the basketball court. He, he, he absolutely hated losing in hockey. And when, when you, I think we've all played with, or, you know, with a guy like that, right? The guy who, who isn't right unless you win games or isn't, and especially isn't right if, if you're losing games and you're not contributing in those, even in those losses. And, and I think that's what we started to see with, with Mark and it's, and I think it, it weighed on him and, you know, there's lots of different factors you can point at, you know, some of them as we already mentioned, you know, the other ones include the suspension to start the year out. You know, I'm not saying that his season would have been completely different, but that hung over him for a little bit over the off season. And I'm not trying to create, you know, excuses for 55, but the, the reality is, is that, you know, yes, we've seen this, you know, a nice three game stretch here where he's, where he's chipped in, you know, at, at, at extremely important times throughout the game. But, you know, I'll use the word reality again. The reality is that if the Jets are going to make the playoffs or the Jets are going to make a big push, Mark Scheifele needs to be a big part of that. Like, I can't see the Jets making a, as significant a push as they need to in the second half to get that final, you know, playoff spot without 55 being a massive piece of this puzzle. So whether this, you know, whether he can sustain, you know, the goals or just, you know, the effort or whatever it is that that's kind of helped him here, he's going to need to, he, you know, this is what, you know, and it's not just, it's not just Mark Scheifele playing better. It's Mark Scheifele playing better. So his entire line is playing well. And, and I think you saw a bit of that with, you know, Blake Wheeler's output. I mean, Blake Wheeler had some great individual efforts in that, but he also had some great plays set up by Mark Scheifele as well. Um, and we need to see that chemistry as we've seen that with, you know, for the most part, consistently, consistently with, you know, the pair Luke Dubois and, and, and Kyle Connor and what we've seen those two guys play with Cole Perfetti right now. I mean, that's a good, that's a good line. Now we need to find that consistency with Shifley and whoever's on his wings, likely, you know, Blake Wheeler, Nick Ehlers when he comes back and that, you know, the idea that you can get a consistent Shifley back is certainly a dangerous, dangerous thing for this team. Um, and a much needed thing for this team as they as they continue to claw their way into a playoff into the playoff picture, and they'll be clawing their way into that picture all season long. Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press is with us. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jeff K Hamilton. Speaking of this game tonight, uh, I do have a pair of tickets from my pal Dave over at Mary Brown's Chicken. So stay tuned with us at the end of the program if you're with us live and you're able to go to the game. We'll uh, we'll do a bit of a draw and uh, get you in there. So uh, and make sure you sub to the channel, hit that red subscribe button. Got to be subscribed to uh, to win. Uh, you know we focused a lot on Shifley for all the reasons that we've mentioned. We focused a lot on Pierre Luc Dubois for a lot of good reasons so far, and he came back into the lineup without missing a beat. The only thing he was missing was his suit on the weekend. Scored in both the games. Um, you know his what he had six shots on net and a huge goal against the Dallas Stars. Uh, and, you know, he really did make his presence felt in that game against Nashville. And I'm certainly a big part of the power play scoring a goal to give the Jets that two goal cushion, which was so big. But, um, you know, while we talk a lot about Shife, I mean, we got to mention Pierre-Luc Dubois because he has not missed a beat right now, Jeff. And, um, man, he's uh, fun to watch and um, they need him. They need him as much as they need Mark Shifley. They need Pierre-Luc Dubois to be at the top of his game as well. Yeah, and he's continuing to do that, whether he's wearing a suit to games or a, or a T-shirt to games, as you mentioned. Now, you know, it's funny. I find that to be, like, 
come on, man. Like you, you're in the NHL, you make millions of dollars. Like there's not a fixer in every city or someone that can't hook you up with something. I don't even necessarily mean a suit. I just found that whole thing to be hilarious. I and, love the fact that he's straight up. He goes, I hate wearing suits. He found a way to get around that, it. That was my next point was that I, you know, like I, I find this whole suit wearing and I know people are just, you know, I know people will disagree. I know there's the people out there that absolutely love, you know, the NHL players showing up in there you know and there's some creativity in some of the suits too and all that stuff but i don't know i feel like i feel like it's kind of lame i feel like the whole suit suit wearing thing or mandatory suit wearing thing is a bit of you know speaks to a bit of this the the stuffy culture you know i'd like to see players you know i'd like to see some hockey players like we see in the NBA, like we see in other sports, show a bit of personality. I mean, he even admitted it. I mean, it's those suits literally for the cameras that that take that you know that catch them coming off the bus, that catch them coming through the you know the walk through and into the dressing room, and then the same thing after. I guess I don't even know. I think the cameras are off by then. But Pierre Luc Dubois said. I mean, not only did he say he hates wearing suits. As soon as you get on the plane, the first thing players do is 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 change. They get out <laughs> of their suits. Like so, like I don't know. I just I think there's an and I'm not saying get rid of like ban them. I just say make make them not mandatory. Maybe you have you know a bit of rules on on what you can have. I don't even know if you necessarily have to, but it's just it's one of those things where he's now he's now and I think he's serious talking about the idea that if the fine isn't all that crazy in the games, <laughs> then he'll just pay it and you know, continue to, to flex his own kind of fashion muscles. So I don't know. I I'm with you. I, I thought it was great. I think it's cool. I think it's funny. Um, and maybe this is the start of something moving forward as the, as the game finds new ways to kind of, you know, be more creative, be a little less stuffy, the culture and all that stuff. Maybe, maybe it starts, maybe it starts off the ice Huss, with, uh, with whatever you want to wear. Loosing it up a little bit. Well, the Leafs did that at the start of the year, right? When they had their bad, like they're very, rare bad stretch and mitch marner showed up to the game wearing like a mickey mouse t-shirt and uh very quickly they went back to the suits after they lost a few games in a row so who knows mm. but i'll tell you what if dubois keeps scoring a goal every game and the team keeps playing the way they are maybe if it ain't broke don't fix it uh, be interesting to see what he what he rolls in tonight uh, we know what connor hellebuck will wear be wearing tonight and that is his goalie mask he'll be starting as well do you sort of see this as it's pretty clear? I mean, we're going to see Hellebuck tonight, Hellebuck against the Wild, Comrie against the Kraken in the second of the back-to-backs, and then Helly back in for uh, that big Saturday afternoon game against the Oilers? Yeah, I think that's exactly what's happening. And, I mean, I think today's just, you know, seeing him in his regular starting position, you know, net for the morning skate just kind of solidified. You know, look, I mean, people might not like it, Um you know, I have varying opinions on on his workload and all that stuff, but you know, this is now what year five, six that we've gotten used to. You know, Connor Hellebuck kind of doing what Connor Hellebuck does, and that's you know, starting as many games as possible. And and so, I mean, it's one of those things that if if it works by the end of the season, and very much the same philosophy on the back to backs. I mean, if it works. Um, you look like you made the right decision. And if it doesn't work, if for some reason, you know, the team doesn't make the playoffs and they look at, you know, one of those things is going to be, did you work Connor Hellebuck too hard? But, you know, there's conversations that they have that we're not privy to, that no one else other than the players and coaches are privy to. I mean, they're not, 
I don't think this is as simple as, you know, riding who you think is the best goalie. I, you know, there's lots of conversations between Connor Hellebuck and Wade Flaherty. There's breaking down workloads. Um, you know, we often hear it. Maybe it's an excuse, but we, you know, we often hear, well, he didn't have as, as crazy a workload as we expected him to have in Dallas. And therefore, you know, he's cleared the way to, you know, be a Nashville win very well. That game could have, you know, that game went into the extras and yeah. it still, it still was fine. Right. So it was, you know, that game could have went into a, a, a 15 round shootout and, and, you know, Hellbuck is playing in the next night in Nashville, but look, this is what he's capable of doing. He knows his body better than everybody. You know, I, I've, I've thought about maybe some of the outside stuff and, you know, him being a new dad and sleeping at home, all the, you know, like, you know, losing sleep, all these other kind of things that might be at play. I have no problem with Connor Hellebuck playing the way he's playing as often as the way he's playing. I mean, I think you need to get Eric Comrie in the net. I think there is. The reality is, is that the Jets have created a situation where they can't save Hellebuck for the postseason. So are they shooting themselves in the foot a little bit by overplaying him down these last 30 something games? Um, maybe, I mean, maybe there's an argument to be made depending on how often he does play, but given the margin for error is so razor thin, I think the, the idea of, of getting into the playoffs uh, takes paramount over how much of a workload he might get, uh, may or may not get, you know, by the time playoffs playoffs come. So I think the key here is to get them into the playoffs. And while we did see some great hockey from from uh, from great goaltending from Eric Comrie in St. Louis, and you were gonna, you know, we're gonna see that again, uh, likely on Thursday against Seattle. At least get the opportunity to do it. You know, thirty seven is your guy, and and you know. Don't be surprised if Comrie gets. I think we, we set the over under in the post game show the other day at five and a half games. I think it's just slightly over. I think Comrie put, maybe plays six of these remaining games just based on how condensed the schedule is. Um, but I don't see any more than that. No, I'm with you. And you know what? I took the, uh, I mean, to me, and part of the reason why I think a lot of people are certainly have some more hope than they did a week ago going into that first game against the Minnesota out of the All Star break is the fact that it seems like the team has accepted where they are right now. They accept that they've dug themselves a big hole and what it's going to take to get out of it. And I think from an organizational and a coaching standpoint, they've realized it as well. Listen, if the Jets are 10 or 12 points higher in the standings right now, I think Conry plays on Saturday night. But the bottom line is they are going to, if they go down, they want to go down with the, the best players that they possibly have that in their mind gives them the best chance to win. And, you know, pretty much on any given night, that's Connor Hellebuck. And that's why we saw him on Saturday. That's why I think we're going to see him in these next couple of games. But it will be very important for Eric Comrie to hopefully play like he did against St. Louis the next time he gets into the net, which in all likelihood is going to be Thursday. Hammer, hey, just quickly before we go, we chatted last week going into free agency. Uh, all of our chats were about what was happening with Andrew Harris and uh, the unthinkable occurred. Well, the real unthinkable was maybe signing in the West division, potentially with the team like Saskatchewan. Yeah, that um, would have been. That didn't happen, uh, but he is still playing in the Canadian Football League, and it's not for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, it's, you know, you've covered him for a long time. What did you think of the way the uh, the the way it all ended in blue and gold, and the fact that he got a hundred sixty five thousand dollar deal to go a continue his career for pinball? You know, it's it's an interesting thing what Toronto's doing over there, right? They just signed they just signed Brandon Banks as well. So you know, you know, I, someone tweeted out there. I think it might have been a rash. He tweeted that they're setting themselves up to win the two thousand nineteen Grey Cup. But um, you know, look. I, I, 
weird ending, you know, weird ending. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was never going to be, if Andrew Harris still wanted to play in the Canadian football league, it was never going to be a clean ending. If the Winnipeg blue bombers, their timetable didn't line up with his as far as walking away. And so, you know, certainly some awkwardness, certainly some, um, I'm sure there's regrets maybe on, on both sides, uh, not just with how things were handled here in the last, you know, couple months but you know maybe even over the last year and a bit I mean look the reality is is Mike O'Shea clearly lost some trust trust in, in Andrew and in, in that you know he, you know he'll he he'll go Mike O'Shea will go to the end of the world for his players you know he'll 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 go to bat for them he'll defend them he'll do all those things if you do what he wants you to do and I and what I mean by that is he asks a lot out of his players but he knows that by that that if you do that, and by asking a lot, I mean getting prepared for the season, getting ready for you know being there, you know being there for your teammates. He's a big guy where where it comes down to it is is you know you're accountable to your teammates. He, th- this is his main message from day one of training camp. He gets all the players in one room and talks about how you are accountable to your teammates how everything that you do on and off the field is for your teammates when you go to war you know i hate using that reference when you go to you know when you go into every game you're doing it for the guy next to you all these things well part of that is the commitment to the off season and then you know and andrew would admit this and he has admitted this and he admitted it you know since since the you know the breakup if you will is that he didn't show up in shape last for 2021 and that obviously created a, a sizable rift, um, you know, to Mike O'Shea and his relationship. And then by the end of it, I, maybe Andrew didn't realize just how much of a rift it did create. I mean, you know, like clearly Mike O'Shea is not the kind of person who's going to, you know, you know, burn br- or is going to hold a grudge throughout the season. He's business, right? I mean, when Andrew's ready, when, you know, the way that would go is, is Andrew ready? Yep. Kate, let's go. You know what I mean? There's an expectation from there. Right. So, you know, I just think at the end, at the end of the day, it, it was a bit of a break, you know, a breakdown in communication, certainly between management, Mike O'Shea, Kyle Walters and, and Andrew Harris. Um, when you hear, you know, h- him share his story, but I think there was, you know, I think there was a bit of a letdown from Andrew for the management side and particularly Mike O'Shea in, in that, you know, how can you guarantee that he's going to come back and be the same player or put in that work when he didn't last year. And, and I mean, I think the argument there is that you give this guy a little bit more credit, you know, give him a little more rope after he's identified it, but maybe that's, you know, this isn't new. Andrew's been on this team for five seasons, right? Like he knows exactly what the expectations are. So, you know, I think that created a bit of a, a disconnect, if you will. And then the bombers will looking to go, you know, somewhere else. It was interesting. You know, like I, I wrote a column leading up to the decision that I thought it would be a mistake. You know, I felt like the Bombers were making the wrong move here, that this guy had done a lot for the organization, was a big part of their two Grey Cup runs, and deserved kind of to go out on his own terms. And and I still feel that way for the most part. Um, My opinion hasn't changed over, you know, necessarily new information here, some of which, I you know, I already kind of been digging in and and hearing about. but at the end, but but also like I never got a, I didn't really get any emails defending Andrew Harris from the public. A lot of the emails I received, a majority of them were from fans understanding, you know, where where, where that next move is. Now I'm not going to base my inbox off the you know my email inbox off the overall sentiment of fans. I know there's a lot of fans that are unhappy 
um, you know, with, with the decision by the Bombers to move on from 33. And I also know for, for a fact, there's a lot of players, a lot of veteran players who, who also see themselves at the end of their career, right? Pushing on another year who really, really wanted Andrew Harris to be part of the team this year as they go for a third, you know, consecutive great cup. So, that's, you know, I think there could, again, I'll go back to, I think both sides could have been better, particularly, you know, the Michael Shea, Kyle Walters side when it came to communicating. Because if you look at Andrew's answers, even though he does take a bit of accountability to it, I think what he really wanted was a firm answer. And, and maybe that better communication could have resulted in, you know, maybe him taking less money, maybe him even still being here. Um, but, but. What happened happened, and um, you know I, I certainly wish Andrew the best in Toronto. It's just a really weird situation to see him anywhere else other than in a in a Bombers jersey. Yeah, and the crazy thing is the uh, Argos don't even come to Winnipeg this year. So I mean, I think they'll play in Week Four head to head, and that'll be it. And you know, who knows? Maybe a maybe a meeting at the end of November uh, for the Grey Cup would be a something else. And of course, I don't know, I'm going to get to this with Remus, but. Uh, they did announce now Dietrich Nichols had a year left on his deal, mm-hmm. um, but he gets an extra one. I'm not sure whether they gave him a little bit more money for this upcoming nope, season. So. Uh, well, oh, no, would... oh, 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 for this upcoming. I don't think they gave him necessarily for this upcoming season. I I hope they gave him a bit of boost money from his rookie contract. After he's being probably not ball, signing but... that otherwise. But, um, you know, with Alfred leaving, you do have Winston Rose back. But, um, I mean, Nichols really proved himself to be a very important part of this defense. And, uh, Great to know they won't have to be dealing with pending unrestricted free agency for arguably their top corner next offseason. Yeah, no kidding. And I think, you know, I just like you mentioned, you know, in Alford, I, I there was a real I hate to use the word fear because it's great when guys get opportunities in the NFL and that, you know, and so and, and that's a great recruiting tool for Winnipeg is to say, hey, look, if you're looking to get back to the NFL, look at these guys that have done it. But, you know, there was a real concern, if you will, that Nichols would be gone too and it's you know it's you know simple math shows that it's 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 one thing to have to replace one you know CFL all-star in that backfield it's a whole other thing to have to do two so to have I mean even when I was doing my my column last week I I had to look him up because I'm like he hasn't signed anywhere I know he's worked out for a handful of teams but is he gone and so to see him you know put pen to put pen to paper um Clearly, as we had mentioned, he's under contract for this upcoming season, but for him to put an extra year in there just shows, you know, just shows his commitment for sure to to the organization and and ultimately the organization's commitment to him and how important he is and to have him back in the, you know, have him back because I think that was an area if you if you consider Brandon Alexander now, I'm not going to. You know, I'm not going to set a t- timeline for for him, but you know, it will be very difficult for him to to return in time for training camp and to be ready for that for for week one. He's probably you know, in all likelihood, having torn his ACL, um, you know, he's probably going to miss a bit of time here to start off. So if it would have been you know Brandon Alexander not starting, would have been you know Alford not there and Nichols. You know, you start working with a lot of moving pieces, whereas getting Nichols back, another experienced guy, a guy who's played at a high level, um, it just kind of helps ease in whatever growing pains that secondary might have given their situation here heading into the, the start of the 2022 season. What uh, what do you have cooking up this week in the free for you on uh, Jets or uh, what, uh, what should we be looking forward to? Yeah, Jets all week. Uh, just kind of prepping. I'm heading to heading to Calgary on at the end of the weekend. So just all Jets all week. Uh, I'll always have my CFL column Wednesday for Thursday's paper. 
Um, and then, yeah, get a couple of days off heading into the weekend and head out uh, to Calgary on Sunday for that. What will be an, a, a very, very important four game four game trip for the Jets. So uh, lots of ice hockey to talk about. Lots of, uh, you know, always some fun CFL stuff um, brewing up for, for my one column. So just uh, status quo as of right now. Hammer, appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me on, Huss. And thanks. So, shout out to the uh, to the viewers and listeners. Thanks, guys. You got it. There he is, Jeff Hamilton at Jeff K Hamilton on Twitter, and of course, you can read all of his work in the pages and online at the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, all right, stick around. We've got some tickets to give away. A number of other things, including a big trade in the National Hockey League. We got to touch on in just a minute. Hey, our friends at Manitoba Battery continue to power us through this never-ending freezing cold winter we're dealing with. Uh, Manitoba Battery, of course, is the premier stop for all your battery needs in Winnipeg and Manitoba. Most automotive batteries price for less than 100 bucks with Core Exchange, or they'll deliver it to your door anywhere in Winnipeg for 115 bucks on the same day you order it, as long as you let them know by 1.30 p.m. And, uh, you know, still some good ice fishing weather. A little chilly, but hopefully it'll be a little bit nicer over the course of the next couple of weeks. Manitoba Battery has all the flasher batteries you need to keep you catching fish for the rest of the season. Go on down and see Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery for all your battery needs. 1026 Logan Avenue. Give them a call at 783-8787 or check them out online at manitobabattery.com. Uh, well, it'll just be a few days before... Super Bowl championship merchandise is in at Royal Sports. Royal always seems to get their hands on the newest gear for the Super Bowl champs within a couple days of the big game. So all you Rams fans, get ready to run into Royal at 750 Pemina Highway and get your hands on it. Uh, but many of you are probably more geeked about the Bombers championship win. And just last week, they got four new exclusive to Royal Winnipeg Blue Bomber championship hats, four different kinds Make sure you check those out as well. All the great Jets merchandise, massive hockey selection, snowboards, fitness, and so much more, not to mention all the cool stuff over on the Kings, skate, snow, and surf side of things. Pop down down and see them at 750 Pemina Highway. And, of course, the roads are terrible right now, uh, and you might be thinking, man, I could really use a car that can handle this a little bit better into 2022. Uh, if you're going to do that before you do anything, talk to our friends over at Not Auto Corp, the experts when it comes to vehicles in this city, uh, not just Teslas, SUVs, trucks, and more. Um, check out everything they've got on the lot. But if you're looking for a particular sort of vehicle, they'll help you source it, find it, get it here to Winnipeg at the best possible price. Why not get into the car of your dreams at an amazing price with the help of the Not team, Waverly and McGilvery? and online over at not.ca. All right, let's get Remus back in here uh, because, Remo, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about the Super Bowl. We've been talking a lot about the Winnipeg Jets weekend and this big game tonight. Uh, there's a lot of NF NHL news happening, and, you know, the first significant trade in a while has been dropped. The Calgary Flames getting Tyler Toffoli today from the Montreal Canadiens for a first-round pick this year, a fifth-rounder in 2024, prospect Emil Heineman and Tyler Picklick going the other way. Uh, I think this is a great pickup for Calgary. A little bit of term on the contract, affordable deal at $4.25 million, and to Foley reunited with his old pal Daryl Sutter. Of course, uh, he was part of those Kings squads when they were winning in the uh, early part of the last decade. What did you think of the deal? 
We have a trade to announce. That's what I think. Uh, I love this deal for Calgary. Um, I like that they're getting in on it early. Um, the trade deadline is March 21st. This is over a month. Um, they gave up, what, a first-round pick and uh, some other assets as well. Um, Tower to fully proven playoff performer. We saw that with the Kings and with uh, Montreal last year. I'm... I'm a big fan of this deal for Calgary. I think it strengthens them, and we'll see if they have to make any other moves. Maybe there's an injury heading in, but uh, they're in a good spot here, Huss. I mean, last year was so uh, disappointing for them and for me, who bet on Calgary repeatedly. But this year, um, I don't know if it's the contract year for Johnny Gaudreau, but he's awesome. Matthew Kachuk's in an RFA season. I mean, that top line with Elias Lindholm been very good. and That's available. been one of the best lines mm -hmm. in all of hockey this year. And they lost their, uh, yeah, that, and they lost Mark Giordano, their captain, but, I mean, the defense hasn't really uh, missed a beat. So I, I like this trade for Calgary. I like how they made it early. Um, it seems to, be, seems to be a good move for them. So uh, Yeah, well, I'm, and Dan, Ach or Dan Milburn says Calgary gave up a lot. I have heard of that, but, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, what Montreal wanted was the first-round pick. I mean, they grinded them, the, the prospect and the fifth-rounder. Um, I think Picklick... Pitlick was a player that Calgary said, listen, if you're getting the first round pick, you've got to take Pitlick because they only had room to add a player of about $3 million. And, you know, they needed to figure out how they were going to get that Delta, the, the difference of the one and a quarter million dollars from the three that they could afford to the 4.25. And I believe Pitlick clocks in at about 1.75. So, I mean, I'm sure they would have preferred to keep him, but that was not a deal breaker. It was a matter of some salary management. Um, and you know what? A player like Toffoli, with his pedigree, certainly the demand that a team like Calgary knows how he could fit in with their club and the familiarity with Daryl Sutter, not just a rental player. I mean, I totally understand why they traded that first-round selection, Reem. And it was funny. I was on with Chris Meany last week, and we were doing the lock shop at the All-Star break, and we were looking at the, the, um, the odds for the Stanley Cup. And, and we talked about Carolina 12-1. to 1. It was like some nice value. And the other team that I was the Calgary Flames, who at the time were 23 to 1. And not to say that I think that they were going to win the Stanley Cup, but to me, Calgary, especially this year under Sutter, is playing like a team that could be a really, really tough out in the playoffs and could be primed for uh, you know for some upsets. It starts with Markstrom. He's got what eight shutouts on the season. He's playing brilliantly. He's the guy that they thought they were getting when they signed him to that free agent contract out of Vancouver. And, you know, you can't underestimate the Daryl Sutter effect. I mean, just how different this team looks this year as opposed to last year's incredibly disappointing season is like night and day. He's getting the best out of their top players. Younger guys are stepping up and, you know, maybe some of the more, um, you know, the bottom six guys, the defense playing much better, and they're playing as a team right now. And as I said, if you've got a coach that's getting that out of his team and a goaltender playing at that level and a line that is right up there with the most productive in hockey – to me, that's a blueprint for a team that could be a very, very tough out. And uh, tell you what, I think the stock watch on the Flames is going up right now. It already was, and even is more so after acquiring Toffoli today. I agree, and I laughed at uh, the Flames when they hired Daryl Sutter. I thought, ha, ah, I mean, he's over the hill. He's hasn't been in the league. He's getting, he's getting older. And uh, jokes on me. The Flames have really turned around, and yet Toffoli, a couple more years left after this one. So. I mean, you're trading early. You're trading for a player with term, and uh, I think I think it's good good for them. 
um in calgary you know i see the people from vancouver are are laughing at calgary they have what chris tanev jacob markstrom now tyler Toffoli, and i believe there's there might be one one more but i mean those three guys uh, vancouver lost for absolutely nothing um markstrom yeah. you know signed as a free agent uh, chris tanev and Toffoli left as a free agent too and vancouver ended up getting nothing so I mean, if you're going to lose a guy, you got to make sure you, you know, let alone three, make sure you get some assets. And so if, you know, the Jets will have to wait and see what's going on with them, but you know, it's quite possible, you know, Paul Stasny and Andrew Kopp, you leave nothing. You want to make sure you, uh, you maximize your assets. So uh, good moves there for, I like the move for Calgary, basically. You know, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see how, um, you know, Calgary continues as well as, you know, does the fact that Brad Treleving and the Flames went and made this deal today well in advance of the trade deadline, um, you know, especially in the East where pretty much teams know who's in the playoffs and who's not in the playoffs, it'll be interesting to see whether that maybe starts the trade market a little earlier because it has been very quiet. Many teams don't have much ability to do things until they get closer to the deadline because of salary cap situations. Um, but it sounds like Ben Sherratt's making a deal. And I just flip over to TSN's webpage right now. And it says uh, the Habs are open for business and chances are new GM Kent Hughes will make another trade soon. So um, you know what Montreal is looking to do? They're looking to get the first pick in the draft right now. Their season is over. And um, if they can recoup some assets for some of the players that they can find other homes for, I think that seems like that's exactly what the new regime there in Montreal will do. Um, all right, we. I do want yeah. to get to the cool bet lines. Sorry, we, go ahead. Rain. There was one other uh, big NHL note that's in chat. It just came out during the show. Jack Eichel is going to play Wednesday for Vegas. Wow, that, that is official. And in order to keep him under the salary cap, Mark Stone will be placed on LTIR with a back issue. And when asked how long, uh, the what Kelly McCrimmon said, uh, as long as it takes. So they're. I don't know if they're going with the Kucherov recipe here or you keep them on until the playoffs that's what it sounds like it seems i mean seems like that's a great strategy us in the nhl you found the found the loophole i mean let's put a guy in ltir you know make a trade bring in some extra salary and then boom you know no salary cap in the playoffs so uh good you know smart thing uh, by vegas and you just gotta give him credit at this point because we know that this is a thing you can't how can you get mad you should be mad your team's not doing that yeah, I don't know. I mean, just shutting your captain down for the rest of the season. He's got a so, back uh, issue. You can bring him back. What do you mean? Well, <laughs> that's that's right. Just trying to get him healthy. Just trying to get yeah, him healthy. He's for got the, a back uh, for, issue. For the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, interesting. Big guy. Interesting if Toffoli's worth a first rounder. What's Cop worth? That's a great question. Um, and, you know, Cop's having a good season, certainly offensively. I mean, back he'll be playing with Adam Lowry tonight at least. But, you know, he plays in all situations, power play and PK. Uh, but he's an unrestricted free agent. I mean, I don't think Co Andrew Kopp's getting a first rounder for, I mean, if the Jets decide that they're out of it, you know, in, in a month and they trade Kopp at the deadline. I mean, unless, I guess the way I look at it is unless there is like five or six teams that are all desperate to get Andrew Kopp and think that he's the guy that's going to, you know, fortify, you know, their middle six and put them over the top. I have a feeling we're probably looking at a second rounder or maybe a second and a third or something like that. Um, but I guess stranger things have happened when it comes to the deadline. Maybe some teams will actually be, will like the fact that he's not signed beyond next season 
uh, because it won't give them any salary cap issues. But to trade a first round pick for a guy that, you know, you're only getting for a couple months in the playoffs, it's a pretty heavy price to pay. And, you know, it needs to be a real maybe elite player. And I'm not sure whether Cop's in that spot. What do you think? Yeah, I was reading Murat earlier, and he's coming on later this week. He could probably clarify. I'm pretty sure that um, he was saying like a second or a third round pick. And yeah, the difference between Cop and Toffoli is Toffoli's got a couple of years left, and Cop's a, a UFA. So you know, maybe just a, a second round pick would be something you could get. Or if there's a number, you know, I get there's a couple teams and there's a bidding war, and maybe someone does give up, you know, goes that extra first round pick. I think for Jets fans, you want to wait and see what position the team is in come March 21 and are you going to be you know a team that's you know fringe playoff spot like what's your playoff chances we know that they're kind of increasing here with these last two wins but let's see let's see how it goes as we've been we've been fooled before when the Jets go and have a good game and you think okay let's let's roll and you know they go drop an egg to Philly Uh, I do think they're in a good spot tonight against Chicago this week against Seattle rematch against Minnesota uh, looking, uh, looking forward to seeing you know what happens this week as well. Yeah, no, with you on all of that. Um, as I said, it's going to be a real fun week here. Um, and, and and hopefully, I mean, this team can continue kind of build off a very successful weekend and get right back at it and avoid some of those duds we've seen in early midweek games so far this season. Of course, Chicago tonight. Um, you know, as I said, eight o'clock start tonight. And then the Minnesota game on Wednesday is a mm-hmm. six o'clock start. So pay attention to those dates. Speaking of tonight's game, we do have a pair of tickets to give away. Uh, and shout out to Dave Patricia and the gang over at Mary Brown's for uh, popping the uh, the tickets this way to get somebody from our Winnipeg Sports Talk audience out to the building tonight. This will be the last game under the 50% rules goes back to 100% tomorrow, so we should have a much more full building for the games on Wednesday, Thursday, and on Saturday. Remus, what do you think about this? I'm thinking that we put in a uh, a, uh, a chat thing like we do with marbles, maybe exclamation mark tickets. We give people a couple minutes to enter. And again, only enter if you are able to go to the game tonight, please. And um, we can bring out the uh, the the wheel of winners. We haven't done that in a little while. Yeah, I'm just getting it settled in here. So we will definitely be able to do that. You want me to just open it right now? Yeah, let's do that. Folks, so listen, if you can make the game tonight, mm-hmm. I've got a pair of seats for it from our friends at Mary Brown's. We will um, do exclamation mark tickets. So if you know how marbles work, exclamation mark marbles to get in. Same thing. Uh, but again, please do not enter if you cannot make the game tonight. So yeah, exclamation mark tickets. Remus is going to fire it up. We're open. We're open for business, folks. And now Sorry about the confusion. If you want to go to the game tonight and you can yeah. go to the game tonight, put in exclamation mark tickets. There you go. Everyone's doing it. We see Doug, Dino, Hockey Guy, Jeff, Hunter, Bob, Miller Time, Russ. Chaster, Dallas, Earl James, Jets Dubois, Dennis Ferreira, T. Will, Gong Show. That will T- not T-Will's, enter you. Yeah, T. Will, I'm taking him out of the list. Sorry, T. T- Will. I know you're here every day. You're done. You're done. <laughs> I don't have suspended. time. Oleg, I don't have time to Oleg. hear that. Yeah, T. Uh, Schickster, done. Corey H., good stuff. Winnipeg Walter. It'd be nice to see Winnipeg Walter win after his tough L yesterday for his Bengals. Dan Milburn's there, Mike Wynn, Ryan Kajiji, mm-hmm. Patrolman Pete, Derek Homer, Eagle Eyes, Jeff Johnson. All right, so we'll just give you a minute to do that. 
Again, please only enter if you can go tonight. Uh, and while we do that and we get ready for the draw, a big shout out to our friends over at the Nick and Nikki DQ group. I know Nick's been having some fun down in uh, Mexico, I saw on his Instagram, but uh, the Nick and Nikki DQ team still here for you seven days a week with four locations, including the DQ in Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Uh, the amazing burgers, Ultimate Grill Burger, my personal favorite. Fries, Buffalo Chicken Fingers featured right now, and of course, all those amazing ice cream treats, uh, blizzards, dilly bars, buster bars, um they've got it all and of course the best ice cream cakes around if you do have a party coming up by hit them up on instagram at dq manitoba let them know what you're looking for they'll get you your custom made cake ready for pickup quick and easy at any of the four nick and nicky dq locations uh well it is valentine's day uh you might be having maybe a couple nice drinks with your sweetheart later on tonight uh, always great to mix in a little Canadian club on the uh, on the menu. Of course, Canadian club, proud sponsor, Winnipeg Sports Talk and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And this month at Manitoba Liquor Marts, look for the Canadian club display. Great month-long savings on Canadian club original, Canadian club 100% rye, and Canadian club 12-year reserve over at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And... Uh, Wow, what a what a day yesterday on Cool Bet. The uh, the ups and the downs. I was pretty happy with the way everything went. I had the Bengals plus four and a half. I didn't get the over. Uh, my lock prop of the Super Bowl was Jamar Chase over reception, over longest reception of 26 and a half. That one cashed early. But it was a heartbreaker that we were three yards short of that juicy 11 to one parlay on the lock shop. He did three damn yards from Cooper Cup. Uh, for him to be the leader in yards from scrimmage. T. Higgins got that, and of course, 75 yards of it was on a very controversial play. But you win some, you lose some. Um, the one great thing is that we've got tons of Olympics going on. We've got Olympic curling and, of course, Olympic women's ice hockey. And uh, Remo, I don't know if you want to close the uh, if you want to close the the contest right now. Uh, but before we get into that, we. Uh, Wednesday night's going to be unreal. And I'm so pumped that the Jets wild game is at 6 p.m. Uh, because at 10 o'clock at night, it is on gold medal matchup, Canada, USA. We all knew it was coming down to this. And uh, great scheduling by the people in Beijing to have a noon game so we can see it back here at a relatively decent time in North America. It's going to be a great night for hockey fans here in Winnipeg, starting off with Jets wild at 6 and then... Uh, the ladies go at it for gold at 10 p.m. from Beijing. Yeah, that 10 p.m. start. Absolutely incredible. Great timing. I tuned in last night to the semifinal, and Canada was up 5 nothing, like five, uh, five minutes, uh, you know, five minutes into the game. It was ridiculous. So the reason why we watch, I'm, I'm tuned in this uh, Jets, not Jets, Canada, USA, women's hockey. going to be fantastic. Hopefully Jets in Minnesota also worth watching you know based on what we saw last week so should be a great night for oh. hockey i agree so i can't uh, wait for that game and i can't wait to see uh more people back in the building um i know that was huge for the winnipeg jets uh, you know from an organizational standpoint they sent out that email uh, late in the week saying that um good news your tickets are back uh 100 capacity although we still have to wear masks you'll still have to use your uh, vax card as going forward but um anyways 50 percent yeah. tonight 
for the game on Wednesday and our first chance to see the Seattle Kraken on Thursday. And then a big one Saturday afternoon against the Edmonton Oilers. Now, hey, I'm just thinking, Remo, is so the Jets play Calgary, I think, next. Is that is that the Monday afternoon game? Yeah, it's Monday. I was going to actually ask you about that. If we, is that family day here? Yeah, I would prefer not to. Uh, yeah, do a well, show I mean, that the thing day. is, the like, entire show people will be watching it. As yeah. Well. yeah, that'll probably be that's I, technically I, a stat. So it's we, a stat. We, I have a wedding the day before too. So. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm, well, we'll give Remo the day off. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do a short. We'll do a shorter. He deserves it. He deserves it, folks. <laughs> All right, so you, uh, we'll have see. we closed the? Uh, have yeah. we closed it? I guess one other thing. Yeah, we haven't got to the cool bet lines. Are we doing those later or no? Do you want, are we still doing uh, those? Okay, yeah. You know what? Sure. Here, I'll finish. Because I was going right to say now. Calgary or sorry, Edmonton's in San Jose. Like, you think there's a tribute video for number nine or sorry, yeah. number ninety-one, <laughs> <laughs> Evander? That was all the uh, Dusty's prediction this morning was not so-and-so would score. He said that there would be a fight. Evander Kane will fight one of his former teammates in this game tonight. Uh, Oilers minus 152 favorites against the Sharks. Sharks plus 128 at home. That's an 830 start. Actually, that's a 930 start tonight. Jets, Blackhawks. Jets minus 172 favorites at home. Blackhawks plus 145. The Leafs, a heavy favorite, minus 244 on the road against the Kraken. And the Minnesota Wild laying 250 at home against the Detroit Red Wings. You can get all the action on both the NHL, NBA, and of course the Olympics over at CoolBet.com. If you haven't played there before, use the promo code WST for a 100% deposit up to $200 on your first uh, deposit. And by the way, I did see T. Konopoli saying, where did you find all those prop bets? Uh, what you need to do is click on the game. Like, for instance, Remo, just click on the Detroit Red Wings uh, Minnesota Wild game there, or the Jets, e- either way. Yeah, I just you, click, you on, click the, on the game, the num- and then the you'll number. see the options. You'll see a bunch of options. So, you know, for these ones, you can play player period goals, player goals, assists, all those things. And for the Super Bowl, there was about 50 tabs of different prop bets. So uh, hopefully you had a great Super Bowl. Hopefully you enjoyed the game, and hopefully you cashed a few tickets. We'll get back in the lock shop tomorrow. Oh my God. Another, I have been so damn close with these golf picks the last three weeks, picking a guy that's come second each and every time. I guess technically Xander Shoffley was third because he was one shot back at Cantley and Scotty Scheffler, but shout out to Scotty Scheffler for his first win on tour. I won a Ryder cup. It hadn't won yet. And, uh, Remo, did you see the hole in one on, uh, on Saturday? I did see the hole in one. What a, what a crowd there. <laughs> And uh, that is the craziest scene in golf. Why does not every tournament like that? What the hell? There was easily a thousand beers on the green and in and around after Sam Ryder hit that. And there was a good 15 minute cleanup afterwards. Certainly couldn't have that all the time, but the 16th hole at the waste management certainly is something else. All right. I think we're just about ready to go. How many, uh, how many people are entered and able to go to the game tonight? I think it was 45 while I'm laughing in chat uh, at people debating if it's a stat holiday next Monday or not. I think the rules in Manitoba and Alberta are different, but there's an afternoon Jets game. Uh, we got 45 people in. 45. Uh, Beautiful. People. Beautiful. So, all right. Well, good luck, everybody. Uh, what we're going to do is take all these names and we're going to stick you in the wheel of winners on WST. 
uh, will spin it. And whoever wins is going to have the tickets. Now, what you're going to need to do, um, unless you follow me uh, or follow Remus or Winnipeg Sports Talk uh, to send us a DM, uh, if you can't hit us up on Twitter, you can do it online. Send us an email to winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. For whoever wins, let us know your email, and I will send the tickets to you shortly after the program. Uh, Kamish, I will let you. Uh, I will let you take it away. Here we are, forty-five people looking to go to tonight's Jets game. Fifty percent capacity. I went to the last fifty percent capacity game against the Wild. It was pretty sweet, actually, having a little bit more room. But it's always better with a bigger crowd. So we'll get back to that on Wednesday. Uh, but you can be one of the up to seventy-five hundred in attendance tonight. Thanks again to Dave and Mary Browns for providing these tickets for us to give away. Uh, Remo, without further ado, why don't you uh, spin the wheel of winners and let's see who's going to the game. All right. I have an accidental spin, but we'll go with it. Ready? Three, two. And it is... Oh, Waiters 27! Waiters! There's... Ah, nice to see Waiters get a W. Yeah, he's been he here like... Been, he has been in... Uh, he's been in... Well, he's always in the chat room. So uh, there you go. Waiters 27. Uh, so yeah, waiters, hit us up with an email with uh, where you want the tickets to go to and uh, hopefully you have a great time tonight and hopefully you see a big win for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Rio, you're not at the game tonight, are you? I'll be there Wednesday night against Minnesota. I only come for the rivalry. No, just kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's what game I, I have this week. You think my wife is going to let me go to the 8 o'clock Jets game on Valentine's Day. I see a lot of guys who it's like, do oh, I go to the game right. or do I get divorced? I see a lot what, of people. What uh, have you done? What have you done tonight? Do you have the big, uh, have you uh, have, you know done a path of rose petals throughout the house back to uh, back to the workbench and uh, maybe it, some champagne? Um, got a sitter for Evan tonight. Uh, what, uh, what sort oh, of, you're basically Lance Romance. I'm interested in how you're uh, handling uh, the 14th of February. Yeah, he goes to bed at seven, so that's actually a bonus for us. And um, I said to my wife last night, "Do you, what do you want to order in for dinner on Monday?" And she said, "Oh, we already agreed to go to our in-laws for dinner." So that's you know how you know close in our mind a Valentine's Day is not a priority. <laughs> I did go to I did go to um, pick up some flowers before that. I'll be waiting for her when she gets home. And we'll be celebrating with some DQ treats of pizza. Thank you, Nick. Oh, nice. Yeah, there you go. So we, yeah, not. Are you guys going to each get a, one of the uh, the slices of treats of pizzas and then do the thing where like you feed oh, each other? Yes. Uh, that's, that's a power move for, the, for, for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I think we need to do that. I, and those treats yeah. of pizzas are we'll, really good for that. We'll have two different kinds and we'll each be able to sample our own kinds. That's exactly cor correct. <laughs> nailed, nailed it. Nailed it. So, yeah, I don't know if it's like, I, I don't know. We don't want to go do something stupid. Like, we can all agree, like, this is fake holiday, right? Made up by a big car. Well, it's company. not even a holiday. It's not even a holiday. It's, it's yeah. like, it's, you know, like there's National Hot Dog Day. There's all sorts of national things. This is National Love Day. And uh, it just gets a little bit more hype because, um, you know, well, let's face it, a lot of people are in relationships and a lot of guys don't step up for the other 364 days a year, mm -hmm. but they are expected and have to not be a disappointment on the 14th yeah. of February. So, I, uh, hey, that's how it goes. I left a card and a, a small gift. For her when she woke up this morning and left for work and she texted me she's like 
I didn't get you anything. I was like, you've you've done enough. Okay, you've you've yeah. done your done your part. This isn't <laughs> this isn't for you. <laughs> exactly. It's a maintenance day for everyone's relationship. Don't screw it up, guys. Um, yeah. Waiters, those tickets are in three thirteen. I'm up in 316. Maybe we'll see you tonight. Come say hi if you see me there at the game. Yeah. And uh, hey, anyone else that's there, Mike Wynn, part of the 316 Nation. I hope I'll see you at the game. Um, so yeah, it's going to be fun. Let's see uh, what they can do tonight coming off that big weekend. Five out of six points. We've been talking about the five-game segments. Need to win at least three of these games. And if you're going to lose one of them, hopefully get a point out of that. So far, so good. 2-0-1. Big opportunity to get that third win tonight and then maybe get a little greedy against the Minnesota Wild in the fifth game of the first of eight five-game segments up until oh, the yeah. end of the season. It's looking pretty good on this five-game segment, Has You get three <laughs> points out of the possible four on the road trip. I don't know. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but they're playing well, in good position. Let... Let's see. Let's see what happens. And I see a lot of people also asking about Nikolai Ehlers. Like, I'm not expecting, they said no, last Ehlers, week, I'm not expecting him before the end of the month. Well, I think, I, I think what did Ken say on Friday? I asked him mm -hmm. about this and he said, you know, it could probably be somewhere between two and four weeks. So he said, you know, let's go with three. So I think we're sort of looking at early March for Nikolai Ehlers. And I think that might be, I guess it's the 14th and February only has 28 days. So there's two more weeks in February. And then we're into March. So, you know, hopefully early March, we'll see Nikolai Ehlers back in. Uh, and hopefully the Jets can continue to rack up some points without one of their top players. And what a great addition he'll be to the lineup when he comes in. Um, great show today. Thanks for everyone for watching. Congratulations again to Waiters27. Have a great time at the game tonight. Make sure you send us that email or a tweet right now and uh, let us know where we, you want me to send these tickets to. We got and, it. Um, We'll uh, we'll get after it tomorrow with a recap of tonight's game, a look ahead to Wednesday and Thursday, more on the Winnipeg Jets, a little bit more on the CFL offseason, hoping to have a bomber or two stop by this week as well. So make sure to join us tomorrow at 1 p.m. Thanks again to all of our sponsors, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, Not Auto Corp, Royal Sports, Culligan Water, Vita Health Fresh Market, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza. Don't forget, heart-shaped pizzas today. Important the Children's Health Center, uh, Dick and Dickie DQ, Canadian Club Whiskey, Cool Bet Canada, of course, our friends over at Little Brown Jug, along with Princess Auto. Uh, for Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson, folks. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the game tonight, and we'll talk about it all tomorrow at 1 p.m. live on YouTube and in your podcast feed a little later on on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. See you then. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.